Talk Radio. Is that that's not sport video, Keith calling? No, it's not. Dear listener, thank you, James. Thank you, Ash. Um, a busy show this evening. We've got three top guests kicking off with Will Store, um, uh, talking about his new book. Is it is selfie? Selfie. Selfie is right. Yes. Um, up after the news. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, it looks like uh, we made it once again, dear listener. It looks like we made it once again. Good evening. This is Ian Lee. This is uh, Talk Radio. And ha ha ha, Theresa May, you silly old sod. We might talk about her later on. We've got a really busy show tonight. We've got three guests. After midnight, we've got Anne Moses, who, um, this is the coolest thing. She was the editor of Tiger Beat magazine in the 60s. She was at the Elvis 68 comeback special. She was in the audience of it. Uh, you can see her on camera. She used to hang out with the Beatles and the Monkeys and the Beach Boys. She's got a book out. She's coming on. At 11, this is a punt. Some bloke got in touch and said, Ian, I'm doing a podcast. I've buried £100 somewhere and people have to get it from clues in the podcast. So he's coming on. But before that, before that, dear listener, it's uh, Will Stall. Good evening, Will. Good evening, Ian. You've been on before... Yes. What was that? Going back to this podcast, this guy does, and it sounds really good. I've not listened to the podcast, but I just—he said I'm I'm doing a podcast. I've buried a hundred quid, and um, people have to guess where it is, and they can dig it up. <laughs> what was that book in the eighties? Do you remember? There was a book in the eighties where someone had—I heard a documentary about it on Four Extra about six months ago. Someone had hidden a golden hair somewhere. In you mean a r- rabbit style hair, not a, just a hair? I believe a that'd rabbit. That'd be worth about a fiver. No, this was this was worth like I don't know a thousand pounds, ten thousand pounds in the eighties. Yeah, um, and they buried it, and they they brought out this book, and it was full of cryptic clues, and it was pictures, and it was kind of poetry, wow. um, and uh, it was kit. Some I, I, you've written books. Do you not all know each other? No, <laughs> I've never met this guy. Was it real? Did, was it actually a buried hair there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It right, happened. Right, right, it, def- right. it, def- it would be a good con, wouldn't it? You sell a load of books. Well, this is what I'm going to ask this guy who's done the podcast. <laughs> so just to, come on. But then here's the thing: hundred quid. It's not much, is it? Because it, it, yeah, I mean, you're going to get that from sponsorship in about ten. You know, yeah, hundred quid. Hundred quid. He says that he wants the second series. He wants to crowdfund it, so it's it's like a thousand or something. Oh. But I I wouldn't go. This is going to sound. But crowdfunding as well, you're kind of going, all these people are giving me this money and I'm burying it. Like, so people are giving him the money to, I don't, it doesn't feel like magic to me. It's got Masquerade, I'm being told it was. Thank you. Masquerade was the book. Um, and, um, I would not, I wouldn't go further than two streets away to, to, (laughs) to dig up. A hundred, how, well here's a phone in, how far would you go to dig up 100 pounds? Bear in mind you've got, you travel. Yeah. So petrol, trains, yeah. buses. And it's digging up, it's in the earth. Yeah. And then you, then you might not even be sure it's there. No. It's just you're going on the clues. Yeah. And is it in pound coins? You've got to go to the bank and get them all changed. You've got to like, use it all for parking. I'm, I'm, 
Uh, well, we'll speak to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm good on him There's for having a go. lots of questions for this guy. There's lots of questions. Now, Will, you've been on before, uh, uh-huh. and, uh, w- 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 was it, we wasn't heretics we were talking. Was it heretics? It was the heretics, yeah. Was it? Was, did it? That wasn't new at the time, was it? No, it was new to you. That was it. That was it. <laughs> it was new to me. I'd re- I'd rediscovered you after Willstall versus the Supernatural about ten years ago. Oh, God, then yeah. the heretics. Um, and then I developed a man crush on you. I don't oh. know if I told you that last time. No, well, no. This, well, is, new, this is new to me. It's true. Yeah. Um, um, so we got you in, as, as I do with all gentlemen that I develop crushes on. <laughs> then I met you and the crush wore off slightly. Oh. <laughs> um, but, because we upset quite a few listeners. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So, so tonight, please, <laughs> just, just, I know we've got the, I've explained how the dump button works. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, there we go. So they, the listener won't have heard what I just called you. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't mean that. I, sh- I should have. I don't <laughs> that mean man that. crush really has worn off, Ian. <laughs> I Jesus. Don't, I don't mean that at all. It was, um, it was, it's just been a very emotional 24 hours. Right, so I feel. Um, yeah. so I, but that, that's how it works. So that bit was taken out, you see, and now it's slowly building amazing, up. Amazing. That's amazing. Um, but, but yeah, just think before you speak tonight. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I will. Both. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like we were just chatting in a room. I forgot I was on the radio. This, and I started slagging everyone off. This is the thing. This the is the thing. was not nice on Twitter. Uh, well, I mean, Twitter. Is Twitter <laughs> ever nice? I mean, I, 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 very rarely do I get involved in politics on Twitter. Because I don't really know a lot about politics. But today I kind of did a bit. And, oh, I, I was out of my depth very, very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Now, you have a new book. Yes. Selfie. Selfie. My, this is a very battered copy. Oh, I see. Because yeah. it has been well read and <laughs> it has been well thumbed. Um, uh, the, the, my copy is, I'm going to be honest, is, is blue. The, the copies that are coming out, I don't know, people say you can't judge a book by a cover. But <laughs> if you like good, well-covered books then selfie is the one it's it's like a mirror they've done an amazing job of publishers yeah i'm really yeah it's fantastic so the whole cover is a mirror and it says and selfie's kind of embossed in the mirror so it's you know so it's very yeah it's, it's, it's an amazing so object. even if i mean it would be a great book to do drugs off of i don't know uh, well that's a good don't idea condone yeah, well, it. no don't condone it but yeah but it would it'd be amazing it would be amazing yeah. and then you can read it yeah um it's it's a bit harder to get into than the heretics. Yes, it takes, yes, yes. It, because the, the, the first few chapters, and I don't mean this, well, I, I, is it criticism? I don't know. It's, but, it's quite heavy, isn't it? Yeah, especially initially. Yeah, the, yeah, so yeah. At the beginning, yeah, it, it yeah. eases off quite quickly, yeah, but the uh, first it, couple it of chapters. It is a concern, yes. Well, no, it's not a concern. I mean, I, I think you make, make these suckers work, Will, <laughs> yeah, for God's sakes. You know, don't make it easy for them. Yeah. Um, Tell me what. Tell me what it's about. Tell me what your book's about. Okay, so it's selfies. How we became so self-obsessed and what it's doing to us. So it's you know. So it sort of began with my observation that lots of things seem to be going wrong. You know, when you're reading, especially about what's happening with young people. There's these rises in eating disorders, rising in rises in kind of suicidal ideation. People sort of having these suicidal yeah. thoughts. Rises in eating as um, uh, self-harm. Rises in body dysmorphia. So kind of you know what's going on in, in the world. It sort of it began with that um, kind of idea. And, and, and I've always been quite interested in suicide. I've, I've done lots of stories as a journalist, I'm a journalist on suicide. And so I've met lots of people who have attempted suicide. And one of the things that uh, their stories that struck me had in common was this. It all kept going back to perfectionism. So there were lots of stories about people kind of having these very high aspirations for their lives and then things go wrong and they keep going wrong and they keep going wrong and they can't get out of it and that's when the suicide stuff happens. Mm. And so I interviewed um, this amazing professor called Gordon Flett who, s- who studies this stuff and he, and he says, I mean, his idea is that actually our 
culture, our society is becoming more perfectionistic. We are, we are, it is demanding more and more and more upon the kind of the self because we're, you know, uh, you know, for all kinds of different reasons. And so it's, we're in this kind of age of perfectionism. And I, and that was the thing. Well, how do we get there? Mm. You know, how did we arrive in this mad place? What's interesting is for, I, I would, you could disagree and, and it, it, you know, you, you know, more than me. It, it feels to me that for a long time it's been women, we've judged women on their looks. Mm-hmm. And men on their jobs. Yes. And it feels that that has kind of crossed over both ways now. There are yes. a lot, I mean, there are a lot of, um, young men. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, are, are suffering eating disorders that perhaps we would have associated primarily with women 20 Certainly. years ago. Yes, because yes. they're worried that they're overweight and they yeah. haven't got the six yeah. packs. And, yeah. and likewise. Uh, the women, we still judge them on, on the way they look, but, but also th- th- there's now judgments about how far they, th- what they're achieving in the workplace. Yes, yes. Well, this is just one of those, so there's loads of different reasons. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so kind of multifactorial, but this is, I mean, I think one of them. I mean, we've got to be very careful to caveat our comments and say that, you know, that this, you know, the, the pressure on men to be more, you know, to be kind of more feeling and better yeah. fathers is great and, 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 yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and the pressure for women to see it is great too. But, mm. um, you know, not, not everything is, you know, wonderful because, the, because it just, it means that we, th- th- you know, that there's this huge pressure now on women to have it all, they say. So yeah. you've got to be the perfect mother yeah. and you've got to have an, you've got to have an amazing figure, but you've got to succeed. You've got to be an entrepreneur now. You've got to yeah. be a CEO. You know, you've got, and, and the same with, with men, you know, it, it's not like the fifties anymore where men could just be angry and do their job and come home and put their slippers on. Men have got to be amazing fathers. Yeah. And, and this is the big um, change from in our, in our generation. And you know, I'm sure you're the same, you know, when we were at school in, Nobody went to the gym. Boys didn't go no, to the no, gym. No, no, of course not. You know, no. we went to the pub and we ate chips. Yeah. And now, like, you look at Love Island. Mm. Young men these days are gorgeous. They're amazing. What are you doing watching Love Island? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when I'm watching over my We shoulder. talked about this. We had lunch. <laughs> we had lunch um, uh, a few, well, a couple of months ago, I think it was now. And we were both, I mean, we were of a similar age. And we were both talking about that thing of going... We both went all up. Yeah, yeah. You've shifted yours. Well, not really. You've not, you've, no, I've done a bit of 5 twoing. Oh, oh, God. But, but it, it, again, you know, I, I'm 44 today. And this... Uh, this what? This, today? Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Oh, happy birthday. You're, you're on a very special day here. The, the magic's going to happen. But and, and I've got kind of a middle-aged spread, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, me too, yeah. And 20, 30 years ago... That would have been all right, yeah, you know, and it, and would. it would have, but, but and it is still all right. But in my head, I'm going, I'm fat, yeah, I'm fat, yeah. and I don't want to look like this. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I want to look like yeah. those people. Yeah, well, see, I, I, well, one of the things our culture does is it presents us with this image of the ideal self, mm. and the ideal self in our culture is thin. It's in its twenties. It's extrovert. Yep. It's a uh, self-starter. It's, it's very individualist. It's got its own money. You know, it has all these kind of qualities, and um, and it, you know, we we, we kind of th- we've thrown this image of what the perfect self is all the time. Time, and it's powerful yeah uh, it's you know it has this effect and, and you know we, and we can't help but unconsciously compare ourselves to this image of the ideal and if we fall short that's when these perfectionistic you know we, we feel oh my god i'm failing i'm failing mm. to be this kind of perfect self and that's what self we tell us like how do we get who is this perfect self this extrovert um perfect body uh you know selfie snapping mm. uh globally minded you know who, who is this yeah. person that our that our culture because it's a very particular specific slightly strange person yeah where did it come from so the book tracks this story which really begins in ancient greece i mean that's how far yeah. it goes and well, c- well listen we'll take a break I, i'm fascinated by um uh, and i'm trying to remember because this was quite early on in the book um let's take a break and then i'm going to remember the bit i'm thinking of and boy oh boy <laughs> it's going to be good late night ian lee on talk radio we'll get you talking Guys, guys, um, it, honestly, you really need to be watching the show on Periscope tonight because you are getting 
literally all the inside um, gossip. Will and I, and I don't know how we got onto this, were talking about um, uh, having cameras inserted into us. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had, had a camera up my anus yeah. because I thought I had bowel cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I just had piles and an anal fissure. <laughs> but there was a bit... It, I mean, there's, it, you, you, once you've had a camera up your bum, you, that, anything goes. And I was, it was, I was lying on this, this gentleman's table, I assume he was a doctor, with your knees kind of up and he, I think it went up 16 centimetres. And at one point he said, now listen, this next push, mm. you might find it quite arousing. What? But don't be alarmed. Doesn't mean you're gay. <laughs> doesn't mean... But this, we're, we're about to hit the the spot that you might find... Oh. And I went, all right, yeah. Oh, yay. Was yeah. it good? It was all right. It right. was all right, actually. How far up was it? About sixteen centimetres. <laughs> but then you were saying, "Oh God, you've had a camera in the front entrance, yes, it's the front about door." Three weeks ago. Oh, I can the pain, and and, and it's disturbing because you can feel it, and, and it's almost as if to get it in the bladder. Like I don't know how it works, the penis. Well, but it feels like there's valves in it, and they were just like pushing oh. and pushing, and and it was like, and there was no sedation. So I mean, my father had one up the back, for yes, an and he he was sedated. Oh. Why don't they sedate for the front? The front's a much smaller hole. To teach hole. you a lesson. Oh, it was awful. And then, and then they were, like, angry at me because I kept, like, shouting and swearing, going, ah, that was disturbing the poor guys in the waiting room just outside waiting to have them. <laughs> and then they told me... <laughs> People looking at their watches going, yeah, ah, I think or, we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, it was, right. it was awful. And, and, and then he said to me, you know, you, 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 when, when they finally had the thing out, they said, you know, you made that a lot harder on yourself because you should have just relaxed. He's like, how can you relax? How can you relax? How can you relax when they're shoving a camera up your penis? Oh, even thinking about it. And I literally drove home down the A20 with one hand on the steering wheel and one hand clutching the stuff that's how i tend to drive anyway i've noticed <laughs> genuinely i've noticed you clutch your junk my hand rests <laughs> on on my, my crotch as i'm driving and i've noticed Ooh. that and that's a bit weird yeah you should have both hands on that you, wheel, of course i mean yes. of course i always do uh, i'm a i'm a 10 to 2 person um well i'm glad we know that about you yeah. the thing i was trying to remember because I, I was saying bef- be- I started this book before I had tonsillitis, and I finished yeah. it after it. The bits before, I don't really remember, because yeah. it all got a bit psychedelic. Yeah, but, right. um, the, 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 basically, the world is kind of split into two. The Western world and kind of the Asian, Chinese, Oriental world. And th- there are completely different stories mm. that that we all learn from. The, 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 the Western stories are based on Greek literature, yeah. and Chinese stories are uh, Confucius. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know this, the world's split into two. It's just that these are the two worlds. Okay. These are the two worlds that psychologists have studied extensively, right. so that, which enables me to write about them in the book. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, in, the, these stories define... Ha- from a very early age, how we look at ourselves and how we look at society. Yeah, and our I mean, part in it, it. it actually goes much deeper than that. So, I mean, this is the stuff that really blew my mind when I was doing the research. I found it really hard to actually think, is this real? So, and I, 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 <laughs> as I always do with your stuff, when I read it, I then come on the show that night and try and explain it, and everyone's <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Because I've explained it terribly. So explain it well. So what Severed does, it tells the story of individualism. So one of the reasons that we have so much pressure on the individual self these days is because we live in this hyper-individualistic society. Yeah. And that began 2,500 years ago. And when psychologists ask why, you know, why did the ancient Greeks, why were they individualists? They say it's because of the physical landscape of ancient Greece. So in ancient Greece, it, there was very bad... Um, um, land for farming. Uh, it was mostly islands and shores and, you know, rocky outcrops. So they had to be individual. They had to sort of do small kind of industry and business and had to trade with each other and sort of barter. So, so they were all kind of kind of broke up into these little groups already. Um, ancient Greece was made up of a thousand individual city states. So that yeah. was kind of very atomized. And they also had to trade with other countries. 
that all these new ideas were coming in. So that kind of formed this view of the world that was just atomized. It's lots of, mm. it, they, they saw the world as being made up of individual pieces and parts. Now, compare that to uh, uh, ancient uh, China, long, extensive rolling plains, mm. um, rice farming, very kind of labor intensive. To get along and get ahead in ancient Greece, um, you couldn't be an individual, like an individualist. You had to get along with everybody. You had to be part China. of ancient, ancient China, China. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and be part of that group. Okay, so that's two and a half thousand years. How boring. But no, when you study Westerners versus people from East Asia today, you still see these very basic yeah. differences in cognition, even down to the fact of where where our eyes go. So if you show um, a Westerner a, a video of, of a fish in a fish tank for yeah. like three minutes, I think it is, and they study where the eye goes, you know, a Westerner will focus mainly on that fish. But an East Asian's eye, because they're, because they're so much aware of being part of a group, their eyes will dart all around the thing. The, the fish. So they all take the, it, the, the, the yeah. Chinese, and we, they will take in the whole, the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Westerner is looking at looking the fish. at the main thing, and then you ask them to describe what did you see, and the Westerner will tend to be well, there was a fish at the front, and then the East Asian will tend to say, well, there's a fish tank, and, and okay, so what does this matter? Well, you know, all kind, all kinds of things. So if you go into the Asian, you know, an, an East an East Asian street scene, yeah, like it's, it's chaos to the Westerner. It's like mind blowing. Yeah, uh, and, and, and when they do studies of, um, they do, they study newspaper reports. So when you when they study a Western newspaper report of a spree killer, the Western newspaper would be very individualistic. Would say this 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 person was a bad person. All the blame would be on the individual. Whereas for the when in the Chinese newspaper report, they'll say they'll, they'll concentrate much more on the situation. Well, he had an argument with his boss, oh. and he was you know. So they're much more aware Isn't of the situation. Incredible. So it has all these really profound differences. Like when they look at children, the, like, this is the thing I was trying to explain. When children draw pictures, yeah. So so so, so when children are very very young. East and West, they all draw the same kinds of pictures. Yeah. But they get, they get to a certain age, I think it's like five or six, quite young. And then young, children in East Asia begin to, begin to start drawing many, much more things in context, in the context. And they even do this thing where they draw the horizon higher up the page. Yeah. And I don't know why, yeah. but that's consistent with seeing, um, more in context. And actually, um, hi, hi, a higher horizon is a, is a consistent feature of East Asian art going back hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years. So, so, so yeah, we are literally seeing the world in a different way in the West than we do to East Asia. It's and that's, so, so this individualist culture, yeah. you, you know, we think of culture as something quite surface, as the newspapers read, but it's so fundamental. You know, it, it affects where our eyes go when we go into a room. It affects how we judge people. You know, if we see somebody homeless in the West, we're very blameful. Yeah. Oh, this person yeah. failed. Whereas in East Asia, you know, it's, it's, they're much more aware of, oh, God, you know. They'll look at the family, yeah, the yeah, society, yeah, yeah, what yeah, happened yeah, before. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I learn... I, I want to start making notes when I read your books because there are so many. You just throw out these nuggets of gold, um, and I was flicking through it. I've, I've, I've folded a few pages. I was flicking through it. Um, one of the nuggets I, I, I remembered and picked up and found it again today was the fact that the, the, you know, it, hey guys, you know it's a fact that we only use ten percent of our brain. <laughs> that's not a fact. No, that's it's just, nonsense. That's rubbish. We use all of it. That's it's, incredible because yeah. everyone goes. Well, of course, if we could unlock the ninety percent, <laughs> the full potential, we're using the full potential yeah, of our yeah, yeah, where did that yeah. come from well this is i mean i mean it's, so, so so the the big change that that happened in the western self like what well, there's lots of big changes but the but the, the the big change that really influences who we are today happened in the 1960s really and it was down to this guy called carl rogers so mm. you know, sigmund freud is famous for being like this incredibly influential oh we'll get on to the things i learned about freud from your <laughs> book as well oh, yeah. jeez yeah I, I, but actually i argue that rogers is far more consequential to the to the western self because he he had this new idea so go back through Freud, through Christianity, 
what is a human? A human is bad. It's original sin for the, for, for the, for the Christian, for Freud. You know, we have this Oedipus complex. We want to, have, you know, sleep with our mothers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so, so the human is bad. But Carl Rogers had, you know, this, this optimistic American had this revolutionary idea. Fundamentally, humans are good. Mm. And this influenced what became known as the human potential movement, this great optimistic movement, which was the kind of the intellectual kind of driver of the hippie era. And this has been, this is kind of, this was in the 60s, but this is filtered through yeah, to, to, to the way we behave Very now. Very much so. So, so, so it all it all centered around this place called the Esalen Institute in Big Sur. So people who watch Mad Men, the, you know that's where Don Draper ends up in the last episode. So oh, okay. It's, yeah, Esalen. So so it's, it's be, so it's known as a hippie commune, but it was really was an intellectual kind of melting pot. All the big thinkers from the human potential movement kind of studied there and did workshops there. And there was a one particular guy called John Vasconcelos who um, uh, who, who you know was a big Esalen guy. And in the 1980s he came upon this he was a, he was literally a student of Carl Rogers you know he saw Carl Rogers as his father figure mm. and, and and from there comes Vasco had this idea about self-esteem right so 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 he believed as did all the humans people that people were fundamentally good mm. and in order to be perfect and amazing all we had to do was reach to our perfect wonderful core inside and so he he he, he, he became to think of self-esteem as he called it a social vaccine right and he argued that if we just boost the self-esteem of our children it will be this elixir. Wow. Like, there will be no more drugs, no more domestic violence, no more unemployment. Why would like, you wouldn't need it? Because everybody would be amazing. Yeah. Because everybody is amazing. All they've got to do is realise it. He was incredibly successful in this, mm. in this mission. You know, he, 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 um, he's, he's, he, uh, he kind of launched, he's a politician, so he launched this task force, which became kind of news around the world when he kind of announced that these scientists had done, these seven scientists in the University of California had done the work and they'd confirmed that it's true. Social, uh, self-esteem is this social vaccine. And, and it became, you know, part of our school system, both in America and in England. And a whole generation, our, you know, a whole generation of parents began to teach mm. their children, you are wonderful, you are special. They protected them from failure. It was 14th place ribbons, prizes for everybody. Mm. And then what you see, a lot of, I mean, this is, you know, th there is some sort of debate about this in the, in the, in the psychological community, but what you see, slap bang at the beginning of this self-esteem movement is is it arises in narcissism in young people wow and what do we have now well the selfie generation yeah, what yeah. happened in 2010 when they launched the front-facing camera it was it was on the phone it, it was it was imagined it was going to be a, a tool for using skype and facetime it was a front-facing camera talk to your gran yeah. but what did we do with it we took pictures of ourselves and uploaded it onto the social media. We took the technologist by surprise. And, and, and you know, and I, 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 I plot in the book this kind of path from human potential ideas from the 60s right through Esalen, right through this self-esteem movement, you know, which had, you know, I, 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 if an entire generation of parents and teachers start telling young people they're amazing and special and wonderful, it's got to have an effect, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to change how those young people... And it will. I mean, the, the science of the self tells us that we are who other people... Who we think other people think we are. This is... Again, this was another quote, and I'm going to get it slightly wrong, but <laughs> I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. I am who I think you think I am. I know it's slightly complicated. But... It, but, <laughs> but no, but I read it. I, when I read it, and I, I found it again today, and it's yeah. one of the things... When I read it, I had to read it three or four times. Yeah. And each... I, and, and I got it. It's like, oh, that's perfect. I'm not who I think I <laughs> yeah. am. I'm not who you think yeah. I am. I am who yeah. I think you yeah. think 
I am. Yeah, so, uh, you know... It's brilliant. What a line. Uh, it's not my line. No, 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 no. No, it's, you know, it's a well-known line from the kind of side of religion. I think it's like Coolidge's line. But, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's, so, so, you know, we, there's no... The, the self is an illusion. This is what the scientists tell us. You know, we don't really have a soul. So how do we, how do we work out who we are? We look out into the world and we see we see how we're being treated you know we yeah. get all these cues from our social environment and you know and, and that and that and that and we build our sense of who yeah. we are and if we're nice or bad if we're thin or fat you know we get that from our culture you know if as you say in the 60s we'd have we'd have been middle-aged men other middle-aged men all of our yeah. big bellies i'm fine i'm yeah. just a normal guy these days we're looking out into our culture and seeing middle-aged men are george clooney and yeah. brad pitt so yeah. we think oh my god i'm fat i'm horrible so this is you know more and more kind of pressure on the self so yeah and, and that's why that's why i think that you know the, again the self-esteem movement had this massive effect because especially when you're young right you know when you're young you're still forming very much your sense of who you are yeah. and if all through your life teachers and parents all the adults around you are telling you you're amazing yeah god that's going to have an effect isn't it? um th- there's a phrase that seems to have I, i've noticed it a lot the last couple of weeks it seems to have popped up again i don't quite know why obviously it's from the matrix red pilling <laughs> yes red pilling <laughs> yeah. i don't know why it's popped up yeah. recently it's obviously from somewhere reading your books is a bit like taking the red pill <laughs> in, in, in as much as um you 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 you, really, you know you and you get lost in your books and I love it and you put it down and you just kind of you just can't even see properly because everything <laughs> I love it and it, I know it's in heretics but you you kind of mention it briefly in here as well confabulation oh, confabulation, confabulation. Yeah. we have no free will no. we do stuff kind of yeah. on autopilot yeah. and then we make up the story as to why we've done it sort of yeah. afterwards yeah yeah I mean I mean I mean I, I, mean, I always go back confabulation because it's, it's changed the way I see my life it's changed the way I think of myself it's changed the way I see other people it's, it's an extraordinary thing so the, so the debate in, in the scientific community in the mainstream scientific scientific community isn't do we have free will or don't don't we have free will it's do we have any free will at all <laughs> or do or do we have kind of marginal and conditional free will that we can exercise under certain circumstances because yeah. we're mostly unconscious but what we have got in, it, they call it the left brain interpreter yeah this was um uh, uh, exposed in some some studies that were done in the 60s which discovered roger spare a nobel prize for and yeah we've got this you know we've all got this voice in our head narrating our days t- t- talking to us natter 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 yeah. telling us this is why you did this this is why you do that why do i feel sad oh you feel sad because of x y and z yeah but that voice is making it up that voice has no access to your unconscious mind that voice has no idea why you're doing what you're, what you're doing why you're thinking what you're do- thinking why you're feeling what you're feeling i mean it might be right you know why did i go to the loo because you need a wee i mean of course but, yeah. but in for more complex things we don't know we just confabulate think think about when you're I at can the... see the faces <laughs> of john and catherine through there and it is mind-blown territory think about when you're um uh, at the Tate Modern and you're with some person you want to impress and you yeah. go, oh, I really like this Rothko. Yeah. And they go, why do you like the Rothko? And you go, oh, well, you just start making it all up. Right? Yeah. You're confabulating. But we do that, uh, you know, with all kinds of... There are some studies I don't mention in the book which, which I really like and, and one of them, um, a very simple study involved um, psychologists showing people two pictures of members of the opposite sex and you say to the person, okay, um, who do you fancy more, this one or this one? And the person, oh, I fancy this one more. And then, like, they've got, they've been, you know, they've been trained by magicians. So they, with the magician's sleight of hand, they switch the pictures yeah. and you go, okay, and they lift them again. So tell me again. So tell me in detail, why do you fancy this person? Only 17% of people realise those pictures have been switched. Really? Yeah, and everybody else tends to <laughs> confabulate away, giving all these reasons why I fancy this person over this person. Yeah. When in fact they chose the other one. I love it. So we're all doing it all the time, but we just, it just feels, and it gives us a sense of control. It gives us a sense that we have control over our behaviour, control over the environment, because that's when we, 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 pr- we don't. We don't. Let's take a break. 
Um, I, I, I mean, oh, I, I don't know much more of this I can take, well, if I'm honest, because it's just incredible. Um, uh, Will Store, the book, um, if you're watching on Periscope, you can see my copy. This isn't what the official copy looks like. It's all bright silver if you're looking for it in your, in your bookstores. It's Will Store. It's called Self. We'll be back after this. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. This is Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I've got Will, we've got a busy show tonight. We've got Anne Moses coming on later on. We've got a guy who's done a podcast where he's buried 100 quid. This does sound a bit tight. I'm, anyway, but no, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good idea. Also, Will Storr, uh, who wrote The Heretics. If, 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 Will Storr versus The Supernatural. Uh, the, the new book is Selfie. It's out next week, but you're saying it's out now. Yeah, some of the shops have got it. What's going yeah, on with these booksellers? Where's just... the best place for people to buy it so you get more money in your pocket i mean i've got amazon no is, idea is that amazon i don't mean i don't i don't even ask okay fine yeah. well you'll be on amazon yeah i just go, assume i'm not going to make any money go into <laughs> go into your waterstones though yes or foils in london i tell you if in london foils are going to do their whole window in a big selfie oh, display they really? so i'm loving foils right now are yeah. they really oh yeah, that's yeah, brilliant yeah. it's that brilliant <laughs> reviews i mean <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, 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 you you do the thing that i well i don't do it anymore <laughs> But you do the apologetic tweets. Oh, God, I feel uh, awful about John, it. John yeah. Ronson does it as well. And, right. and there's someone else that does it. Re- I'm really sorry. Oh. I'm um, I'm going to be tweeting some praise, <laughs> but I've got a book to sell. And, yeah. um, and Especially because, obviously, because of my job, a lot of writers follow me. And, and, and as a writer, the last thing you want to see is another writer's good reviews. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone spitting in your eyes. Yeah. So I, I feel bad. <laughs> no, I know. I, we, 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 I'm, you know, I'm, no one listens to this show. Sorry, I should have said that before you traipsed in. Um, and me and Kath do another do another. <laughs> podcast the rabbit hole and yeah. we've been listening to a lot of american podcasts because we were doing that guys i don't excuse me i hope you don't mind um but we've got a podcast i'm just gonna leave it here if you want it <laughs> and we were listening to these american podcasts like beautiful anonymous which is a, an amazing show mm. um and um, uh, anyway a few a few others um and they are the masters at selling Guys, this is our podcast. This is our website. And if you want t-shirts wow. and mugs, then you come. And we're, today yeah. we're sponsored by Steve's Cars. And yeah. we're, uh, Steve, Steve's got the, he's got the best cars, man. Yeah. Just go. And I kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like that. We've made this thing. We yeah. think it's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. We think you should look at it, yeah. you know, and listen to it. it, just, it because, but I think it's on social media because it, it, it like, it's really, I'm there on there to promote my business. Yeah. But my business happens to be me. Yeah, so exactly. It's boast. It, come, it comes off as boasting. Yeah. That's what makes me uncomfortable. You, you've written a book. I know. That's yeah. that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, I, I want to ask you about the process of it. How long? How does it work? How long did it take you to write it? Did you have? I'm going to write a book about selfie and, and, you know, go from there. Or did you kind of go somewhere and, and, and the story kind of unfolded? Well, how, how much do you start with? Well, I mean, this was difficult because with The Heretics, it, you know, I had lots of individual kind of stories that I'd already written mm. for newspapers. And, and so it was, a, it was a slightly easier in that sense, whereas this is a proper book that is, is written for itself pretty yeah. much. Um, uh, 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 but yes, I mean, so, so you know, it was coming across a story of Vasco. I was amazed by that. Just, just this idea that this one guy who actually, you know, I, I said before, he said the, the scientists have said i'm right yeah. self-esteem is he was lying like it just wasn't true yeah. and uh, and that has such a huge consequence for who we are today that just electrified me. i thought well, that's amazing and so that, that that was the kind of the first um that was the f- sort of the kernel of the book and then i started to, to look into this perfectionism thing and that and, and i suddenly and then when i spoke to that perfectionism guy gordon flett and he said you know um you know our, our culture is getting more perfectionistic there are more and more opportunities for, for us to feel like failures in our environment mm. and that's what's causing all these problems and they, the, the two connected, the two, you know, the two connected. And I thought, wow, that's when I 
really thought, wow, you know, there's a really there's, there's a really amazing untold story mm. uh, out there that hasn't yet been told about who we are today, how we got here, and you know, what what are the actual sort of deep reasons why we're seeing so many of these particular problems. Um, you're very open about your own kind of you know issues and struggles with mental health and things like that in the book. Do you ever? Because uh, I kind of am on here a bit as well. Mm. Do you ever? Do you ever kind of write something? You know, you you talk about be, about being suicidal and about yes. being depressed. And yeah. do you do you ever write something? And go. Ah, I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want my mum to read that. You know, <laughs> or, 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 or aunt or aunt Teresa to read that or anything. Do, do you ever? Do you ever worry that you give too much of yourself in the book? Uh, no, actually, because I have this kind of slightly romantic and probably maybe a bit cheesy view of what a writer should be. And uh, and if a writer isn't prepared to expose the very core of who they are, I feel that the writer has failed. Yeah. Like one of my favourite books um, of non-fiction is Blake Morrison's And When Did You Last See Your Father? And I, I, I know I kind of read that when I was first starting out as a writer. And... Um, he he describes and he this is one thing he describes being in the bath and he's in the bath of his deceased father's house. It's the first time he's been in that bath since he was a kid, and he. You can say masturbate. Yeah, yes. he masturbates in the bath. He describes masturbating in the bath and he, he describes of his, his dead father's bath. Yeah, I've and, not and, read this book. And, 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 and he describes the sperm coming out of the thing. And it really, I thought, this is amazing. You can say penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but no, and that had a big yeah. effect on me. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and from that point on, I've been like, no, I, 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 I know it sounds really sort of worthy and ridiculous, but I do, it, it, If you're not doing that, if you're mm. not prepared to do that, then don't write. Yeah. I know what you mean, because, I mean, you know, I've talked about everything. I've talked about, you know, l- l- looking around, trying to find somewhere to hang a bit of rope so I can hang myself and Whoa. stuff in the past, you know, right, that, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and I do think, oh, just shut up sometimes. <laughs> but that, but that, that's the only thing that, that, that pulls me back, because I think uh, one thing I'm not, I, I, I worry that it comes across as self-pity. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, so so that's what I do um, pull back from. Like, you know, I've written a few pieces for the past in The Guardian, which I think do have... The tone, I haven't got the tone right, and it comes across like I'm going, oh, whale, poor me. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to moderate a bit, but not because I want to hide anything, but because I, I, I feel like I, I, I sometimes perhaps test the patience of my reader. Yeah. I feel I've got the balance right in selfie. There's not actually that much in it, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I see, it's really interesting. I feel I test the, the patience of the listener. Oh, do, you, yeah. do you, do you still hate yourself? And I say that for, for, for a reason, because again, kind of rereading that bit, mm. been flicking through it today and reading reading bit so it's kind of fresh in my memory um the, the the bit where you go to that that place for a week the excellent excellent yes, 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 yes. um and um you say that you, you're full of self-loathing yes do you still because i hate myself yes most of the time yes. not all the time most of the time well, i think it's a really interesting subject because I, th- I i think that a lot of people actually do mm. but it's one of those things that you just can't talk about and if you talk about it and if i've and i've written about it before people respond with almost this rage when you talk about it. like it's like it's almost like a taboo thing yeah but yeah i absolutely do and i th- you know i just think that's part of my personality and actually going through the book and actually going through the research i feel a lot better about those things these days because i i now know that's part of my genotype i am genetically high in the trace of neuroticism and there's nothing i can do about that you mm. know um, i mean maybe therapy can help in a mild sense but there's very little i can do about that so i don't actually beat myself up you know i, I used to feel like there was something kind of toxic and kind of uh gross about it because i hated myself i mean because it's it, it felt like this kind of i don't know th- th- there was something fundamentally wrong with my brain mm. and it's, it's 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 so um 
it's almost subversive. It's a, it's a nasty, shameful thing to, to say about yourself. Mm. But now I realise it's just it's the way my brain is. It's the way I, you know, mm. I'm high neuroticism. It's very hard to change these kind of personality traits. And, and so I, I'm at peace with that now. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I'll be in a situation, I mean, I mean, maybe after this interview, I'll go and I go, God, you know, why did you say that for? Mm. You're an idiot. Mm. And I will go into that state of self-loathing. But what I don't do anymore is then spiral into, I go, oh, that's just you being a twat. Yeah. You're in your tick. You, you know, you, you'll forget about this. You do. You also, another thing you, you do that, I've, that I do, and I've never heard anyone say this before, and I read it and I went, oh, God, I'm not, so, I'm, I'm a weirdo, but I'm not such a weirdo. I get little shame attacks yeah. where I remember something shameful that I've done, and it could be, um, it could be a minor thing, you know, or it could be something quite horrific that I've mm. done to someone else. And uh, and when I get it, I get a little shudder in my body, and I go, oh, yes, uh, and I make a noise, and yeah. I've, and I've oh. had I've had uh, it, it, it happens when I'm out and about, but it does tend to happen when I'm in bed, mm. and I've had girlfriends go, what was that? <laughs> oh, and, I, and I, I go, oh, nothing. I was I was just falling asleep. And it's just up. the self loathing yeah. coming out. <laughs> and my and my kids my kids have heard it. Go, daddy, what's that yeah. noise? And I go, oh no, no, it's nothing. Yeah. And I've and I've. I've never heard anyone else <laughs> describe that. You were describing me. You do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I, I, again, I, I, don't, I wonder how common it is, you know, where you just say you, your train of thought hits something shameful that you've done. And it could be something from two weeks ago or it could be something from when you were at school. Yeah. And like so, sometimes I'll be in the supermarket and I will stop in my tracks and make a noise, you know, and go, oh, you know, and I, or, or, you know, my hand will fly to my forehead and, and, and it will just funny? be this over, and I must look like a complete freak, but I'm also convinced that it's not just, well, you just said it's, you do it too. I'm convinced that other people do it too. Well, uh, they must do. They yeah, must do. Yeah, now, yeah. now I found another brother that does it. <laughs> there must be others out there. And it feels almost like it's, it does, it feels like you're kind of burping the, the, the self-loathing out. It's the, you get this sense of emotional pain. Oh my God. But I remember stuff. I haven't thought yeah. of for 30 years. The you know, something I did some, to someone yeah. at school. It's like, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah, they're the, they're the Awful. worst. Awful. <laughs> Fun times, huh? Uh, we got another 20 minutes. The book is uh, Selfie. It's by Will Storr, S-T-O-R-R. We'll have a quick break and come back after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm going to tweet now, in fact, that you're on. I should have, I, and I have tweeted earlier on, yeah, but I know, yeah. I can see that Kath has just tweeted. We should, um, you're at, are you, no, you're not at Will Storr. At W Store. S T O double R. Who's the, who's Someone the... nicked Will Store. I felt this ownership over my name, and, 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 I, and then I realised there was somebody else called Will Store in the world, and I, I felt so. betrayed. I hate, I hate the internet, and I hate <laughs> people. Uh, the book is uh, um, selfie. I'll post some links up during the next news of, of where you can go and, and see it, and where you can um, uh, get it. We should mention. We'll go on to the digital stuff. We've got another, another fifteen minutes or so, uh, and we'll talk about the digital stuff. But um, I. You you write about Freud, mm. Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud, Siggy, Siggy, <laughs> little Siggy. Um, is that what? Does that was that? Did they call him Siggy? Yeah, they did. Yeah, because that, that's yeah. um what they called him in Bill and Ted, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love a nickname. Yeah. Um, and I did not know <laughs> that to help him get to sleep. Yeah, his nanny would stroke his willy. Yes. Just well, to help this is, yeah. explains yeah. everything. I mean, yeah. can, can you remember the family setup? Because it's a very... It's really complicated. So the nanny thing, that's that, that's what scholars think, and there's, and there's good reason. So he admits in his writings that, that, that there, there was some sort of sexual shenanigan with a nanny. Yeah. And in another document he wrote, it's a well-known fact that uh, unscrupulous um, nursemaids help their children go to sleep by by masturbating them. So wow. so, so, they've, so, so it, it seems very likely. Yeah. But what we do know for an absolute fact is that he, he, he had a crush 
from his mum. Yeah. So, 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 so he, he, it's a really complicated setup where he. His dad had older children and a grandchildren yeah, that he, were his, his age. His dad was like the grandfather's age and his mum was much younger. So his, so his brothers were the same age as his father's would have been. And, uh, and yeah, and, and what happened was he his mum kept having he's like adored his mum like to a, like an insane degree but his mum kept having children and so um t- he, he was kind of kept away from her yeah. uh, in that sense and he kind of blamed his dad for that and, uh, and you know he uh, i think a lot of it's because of the nanny thing he de- you know he, he he developed a very mixed up sense of the generation so he writes about his first crush when he was 17 but he also fell in love with that woman's that girl's mum and then yeah you know and, and he says in one of his letters one of his famous letters i too have I think it was I too have felt love for my you know my wow, mother. So 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 this is the hilarious thing that Freud does is, is he goes well, uh, you know I, when I when I was a kid I, I wanted to sleep with my mum and murder my dad because because I hated him because I was jealous of him, and then he he kind of globalizes so, this. Uh, so everybody go, must. everybody has yeah. this. So he so he now so he then starts writing that everybody has this Oedipus complex and that's it's like the like the, his version of original sin. That's the secret shame that we all carry, and then mm. through psychotherapy we kind of you know bring these things. To or the cocaine as well. Or was... co- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 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 I mean he was that's according to Freud. According that's not a to genuine recommendation Freud. from us. Yes. Yeah. So I mean when I found this it was again it was just like. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you see that you know, and, and actually, this is another thing that psychologists have found is that is that they, you know they say when when other minds are unknown to this, uh, unknown to us, we kind of project our own minds onto them. We we massively overestimate how similar other people are to mm. us. We massively underestimate the huge diversity there is in kind of the, the people around us. And Freud did that same thing. He he kind of went well. I'm like that, so everyone's like that. And actually, no, mate, no, Siggy, that's just you, mate. <laughs> There's a lovely story. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but that guy that's a huge Freud you know, fanboy, and he goes from South Africa, the South African gentleman. Fritz Pearls. And he goes to visit Freud. (laughs) Tell that, because I love that. I love that. That, what happens and and then what he does afterwards is brilliant. Yeah, so so, so Fritz Pearls, so so he's a Jewish guy, so he he fled Germany because of, obviously, that's what you want to do in the 1930s. And set up in Johannesburg as a a Freudian psychotherapist and big fanboy. And then, you know, when everything calmed down, he kind of returned to Vienna and he kind of paid, he, he, he kind of paid this pilgrimage to freud's house kind of kind of knocked on for freud <laughs> and it's kind of freud opens his door and um uh, and uh, you know fritz pearls are excited says, oh, i'm here because fritz pearls he was quite an arrogant guy he kind of i'm here i'm here to deliver a paper to this conference about your work and he was expecting it to be this big sort of uh big meeting of minds yeah. you know these two geniuses finally meeting and freud just went and so uh when are you leaving <laughs> and you know and 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 sort of closes the door and fritz pearls kind of stalks away and he, and he kind of t- turns on humiliated freud. and enraged yeah, it, it, yeah he turns on freud and very kind of angry passionate way and then he kind of winds up in california and he becomes one of the kind of founding minds of this human potential movement so yeah. he becomes this kind of the anti-freud and, and, and so freud was all about um you know we have all you know it's the opposite of the authentic you know the authentic self is terrible and awful and what we need to be doing is trying to get rid of it yeah. so we can be socialized civilized creatures whereas fritz pearls completely turned that on its head and was like no we should be authentic yeah, and it doesn't matter what we do. And for, to him, that meant walking around naked with a huge erection, yes. going up to young women and saying, I'm a dirty old man. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yes. So one of the things Essendon was famous for, and still is, and they still have it, um, uh, to, to, to my middle-class temperature shock, was these naked baths. So in Essendon, they've got these, like, hot spring baths and, and all the hippies. And this is where you were? Yes, where I went. All the hippies go naked down there. Did you go naked no, down there? No, God, no. Oh, I'm come English. on, man. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in those Japanese um, hot spas with the, the Japanese gentleman naked. Yeah, no, no, it's mixed. 
Oh, no, 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 But of course, these are these kind of hippie things. So, 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 you know, people are very kind of non-sexual down there. It's all we, we all we all have to pretend that we are, you know, whatever. But he didn't. He used to walk around um, wearing a onesie and uh, have it a big with a, his big stiffy sticking out of it. You said you said his, his erection would arrive before him. Yeah, and would yeah. announce his arrival, and he would just look up and sort of, you know, this was this is the sixties. Just look up and sort of grope women, and, and he, you know, he so, so basically his whole thing was you have to be authentic, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do or, or what you say as long as you're the only thing that matters is that you're authentic and of course again we still have these ideas very much with us today be real you know yeah. you, you, again you watch big brother the the, the 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 value that they promote above all any others is i'm just being real i'm just being honest don't be a faker you know you when, change... when in turn that but that actually means i'm being very rude to you yes, because i haven't yes, got the social yes. skills to yeah to... And, and you can trace all of i mean you know you know I don't want to be too oversimplistic about this. Of course, you know, the, these ideas come from lots of different places. But, you know, part of that you can trace right back to Esselin, to, to, to Fritz Perls and Carl Rogers and this idea that the inner authentic self of the human is wonderful and special. And, and you know, we should all, we all have to be yeah. authentic. And, you know, we, and again, we still have these human potential ideas with us today, very much so. The, uh, the comeback to that line, I'm a dirty old man. Do you remember the... Who, yeah, yeah, and I'm a dirty young girl. There we go. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that scene took place. Um, yes. We, we, the, 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 the book... Is is brilliant. It, you are worried because it is quite heavy to start to with. To start the, with, the opening is quite dense. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, structurally, I had to begin with suicide and perfectionism and yes. the science of perfectionism. Like, like, um, you know, but like, there's nothing else I could do, really. So, so, but yeah, but it's sort of halfway through. It gets much, much easier. No, read. It, no, and it does, and it does, and it is, it is, it, it is quite hard, uh, quite hard read at the start. But it's definitely Just worth persevering. That, no, it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's worth persevering, and it does. Because, uh, uh, I want to talk about the, the towards the end. You talk about the digital. Yes, how we we are presented digitally and what mm. the impact it has on us. I, mm. the, the internet's terrible, isn't it? Basically, well, I mean, you know, there are lots of obviously you know, there are some good things about social media we are a tribal species we are a social species that does enable us to connect and keep relationships you know, blah, blah, blah. but also has lots of very you know as we're finding quite um bad effects you mm. know i mean some some obvious examples might be this kind of mobbing that we find on the internet where you know one of the one of the kind of the facets of this age of perfectionism is that we have to have the perfect political views yes and if we stray out of this kind of this very narrow sense of what the perfect our culture's idea of the perfect online political view is people get destroyed yep. and, and there's a very sad i mean i don't go into it in detail but there's a very sad example at the beginning of the book um of a tea of a british teenager who uh, uh, uh you know uh, she shared a picture amongst friends on instagram and oh, she was worried yes. that she would be perceived as racist and it got out and she she committed suicide yeah, yeah, yeah. and i tell the story of this guy austin heinz in the book who uh you know he, he was accused i think very unfairly of being a sexist because of something he said at a tech conference uh he was kind of mobbed all over the internet and he ended up committing suicide so this is you know so, so that's just one thing so, so, so that's, and that's be, be, because it's but people say well if you're getting hassle on twitter just don't go on twitter but it's not that easy it's not is that it? easy it, 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 it's not that easy to stay offline and isolate yourself no. there is a baying mob yeah. and there is a real world effect i mean so that you know what happened with austin was that was that everybody started throwing his accusations at him he, he tried to in a slightly cat-handed way defend himself and it just made stuff worse and then you know had real world effects so investors backed out of his 
company and wow. going towards in and and and, that, and it was so it was that so yeah i mean you know it, it, it's it's dangerous out there actually yeah. if you say the wrong thing do the wrong thing uh, you know and, that is, and, and, and there are all, all sorts of other uh, issues that psychologists talk about this thing called perfectionist presentation so you know people put their perfect selves online and so what happens is that people who are especially you know teenagers who are kind of vulnerable they just see this constant stream of beautiful people with amazing mm. houses doing amazing things and it just adds to that sense i've got i'm insufficiently perfect just another one of those kind of pressures it puts yeah in it's i mean me and kath used to work with a, with a guy who um if you took a picture hey guys should we, should we take a picture take a picture let me have a look at that no 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 no, no. yeah and, and 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 wouldn't let that picture go online until it he got the perfect picture <laughs> and it had got the perfect filter yeah um, so you know creating and i mean that's just a, one small example and i know that the the, the, the the youngsters are kind of doing that to the nth degree mm. so creating this perfect um, you know, physical image in terms of photographs, but also yeah. the perfect life. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm going yeah. out with such and such, and yeah. she's so. Be- and we're we're having the best time. And yeah. it's um, it's unrealistic. Yeah. Isn't it? And another another fundamental universal way that the self works, the human self works, is that we judge our own worth by comp- social comparison. So 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 you know that's why we are kind of more envious of the person next door to us than we are to the, say the queen or somebody. Yeah. We you know we we compare ourselves to the people around us and that's how we feel. Am I doing well? Am I doing badly? So that's you know so that's it's a very easy way of seeing that how, one of the toxic effects of social media is if everybody's doing their perfectionist presentation, which they are, mm. um, you know other people following them. That, you know you can't help it. It's going to make you feel bad. Mm. It's going to make you feel oh god they're much better looking. Me look at his stomach. Mm. Look at look at her amazing car. Look at their holiday. You know, we pretend that we we delight in seeing other people's wonderful lives, but we don't. Know, <laughs> we don't. I really. get jealous and bitter yeah. and resentful. Yeah, I don't use Facebook. I've got a Facebook account because I run a couple of pages, mm. but I don't use it in the way that the that ordinary people use it. I don't. Mm. I've, I've I've got a couple of friends on there that are to do with work basically um and that's it i don't post pictures of my kids i don't post uh i don't post pictures of my lunch i don't (laughs) go and post my mood on there and and it's it's i mean i'm involved with twitter but it's interesting watching facebook and and seeing everyone posting all of these details and it's all to do with the likes and the comments yeah yeah um someone ages ago I made a mistake, and instead of putting a happy, smiling face, I put mm. an angry face on ooh, someone's comment. Ooh. Got a message. Why did you put an angry face yeah. on my on my yeah. comment? What was I said? Oh, man, I didn't mean to. I take it off. And but we. But again, you know, the, but the, the, uh, one of the things that interests me is is is, is, is a very modern technology. Yeah. But it, but it, but, it, but what touch really does is it taps into very very ancient primeval. Mm deep circuits in the human psyche and that is that we are tribal creatures yeah you know, we have we have we've evolved to live in tribes and um if we feel like we are being rejected by that tribe it's it causes deep profound pain yeah. you know so 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 we react to that uh you know we, we're very very sensitive to those signals of rejection uh, and, and that's what you find on oh Twitter, you've just reminded you've just reminded me of another example this so, i mean guys if you think we're spoiling the book we haven't even touched the surface <laughs> on what's in there but the the fella again i think it's one of the californians um who's out with his dog and a oh, frisbee okay. lands near him <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. so he gets up and he throws the frisbee to the two guys yeah. and they kind Kind of involve him in the game for yeah. a bit, and then just sort of turn away and exclude him. And he yes. feels is it shame? He said or? he feels this incredible kind of pain, and, yeah. he, and he couldn't understand it because it's like you know, especially as a psychologist, I've never met these guys before. They just started 
you know, they just started playing frisbee together, and yeah. they've excluded me. Why do I care so much? Yeah. And then he started experimenting with social pain, and so he he, he kind of recreated this in the uh, in his kind of psychology lab because he was a, he's a professor of psychology uh, with this kind of you know of getting people to play kind of a game, and then suddenly they're excluded. And, and, he, and, he, and he said, watching these experiments, he actually found them too difficult to watch wow. because the you know the, 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 people were so upset of being suddenly excluded into this game, yeah. and it's because that's because we're tribal creatures, and you know back in the days when we were evolving and living in these sort of tribes of, of up to 150 people you know in mm. africa or wherever we were um to be ostracized in those days would be like death you mm. know you would die and that's why psychologists refer to ostracization as psychological death you know it, all social pain all human social pain it all reduces to one thing and that's rejection we fear rejection fundamentally because we're tribal and that's what you see that's why social media touches these very sensitive buttons because we're always flirting with being rejected Selfie, how we became so self-obsessed and what it's doing to us uh, by Will Store, S-T-O-R-R. Uh, if you see it, if you're looking for it in the shops, it's the, it's the big silver book. It, you know, it looks like a mirror. And it, I mean, it's stunningly done. That, uh, yeah, they've done a good that job. That cover's incredible. Yeah. Um, do you know what the next one's going to be? I've got no idea. Come no, on, no. I'm, I'm just exhausted. I bet I'm you exhausted are. from this one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So, well, how does it work now? Well, you, 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 we didn't talk about your other jobs. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about your other jobs. You can talk about what you like. We got. We only got forty seconds. We're oh, allowed to talk about the, okay. the, the, the book. The <laughs> dumped it. It's dumped. It's dumped. Forgot about that. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's dumped. In that case, fine. Yeah. Me neither. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what. The, I don't, dumped it. Dumped. Because he you, swore. You, you didn't see that. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah, see yeah. that, guys. For crying out loud. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Um, uh, and it, while you're out there getting this, if you if you're shopping on Amazon or something, you might as well just put the heretics and um, versus the supernatural in. Uh, just chuck it in the shopping. Your cart. Baby pictures, yeah. you might as well. Well, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming well, in. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for reading it. Anytime. I love it. I love it. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. I love Will so much. Uh, coming up, we've got another guest, a guy who's buried 100 quid somewhere, um, and he's going to give clues in a podcast as to where it is. You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I love it. I love Will. The book is Selfie, Will Store, S-T-O-R-R. Um, and it's, it is a cracking read. He's such a good writer and such... Some of the places he's been and the things he's seen, wonderful. We've got another author coming up at midnight. I know it's it, it's guests a go-go. Um, it's Anne Moses, who is an American lady who was the editor of... Um, I can never remember that. I think it was Teen Beat magazine. I'll double-check. But one of the biggest teen magazines in the 60s. And there is... Um, there, <laughs> There is not a star that she's not met. And she was going out with Morris Gibb from the Bee Gees. Morris Gibb from the Bee Gees taught her the C word. He he was driving his... This is such a good story, and it's in the book. He was driving um, her in his Rolls Royce, and they were talking about Paul McCartney and Jane Asher. And he said, oh, I think it's terrible the way Paul McCartney cheats on Jane Asher. I think he's a C. And uh, in her naivety, Anne said, what's a C? And uh, he pointed at hers. Um, it's a it's a brilliant book, and she's she's cracking. But 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 every now and then I'll get someone on Twitter saying, oh, "I think I should be on your show," 
And generally, I go, why? Because I'm really interesting. <laughs> it's true. Well, phone up and be interesting. But then someone sent me a tweet yesterday, and I saw it and I ignored it because I thought, a self-publicising little so-and-so. And then it percolated in the back of my brain. I thought, oh, actually... That sounds like a really good idea. It sounds interesting. Paul Tyler was that person. Good evening, Paul. Hello, Ian. Thanks. Happy birthday. I say thank you very much indeed, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, very well, thanks. Very I, well indeed. I ignore... I, I'm going to be honest, Paul. When I saw your tweet, I thought you self-publicised... Like, like, like I've got the right to call anybody self-publicising on Twitter. And well, no, I mean, that's it. That's, that's, what, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I know! And I thought, <laughs> nah, I'm not having that. But then it, 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 was, it sat in the back of my head, and I thought, oh, no, actually, that is... That is delicious explain the idea that well it's not even an idea you're doing it explain what you're doing okay so we've buried 100 pounds in cash in the ground uh, somewhere in the uk and over a series of well the first series is going to be six podcasts and we're going to give a clue away in each of those podcasts so not until you know number six are you going to get it but they're not going to be sort of hour-long dronathons it's sort of 10 13 minutes podcast and, that, and that's it once you put the clues together it's, it's, it's an audio treasure hunt really why are you doing it well, it's a, <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> isn't it why are you doing it you nutter exactly and it's not it's not abundantly clear to me yet and it's, it's not abundantly clear to my family or, or friends or anyone, anyone i speak to about it um but it it it, it seems it, it's a it was a creative reaction and, and, and so so rather than bang on about uh, my my feelings towards the way the world is, I suppose I decided, like you know, don't don't like like, like you've just been talking about. Don't yeah. bang on on Twitter about it. Don't yeah. bang on on Facebook about it. Um, you know, go and do something. Go and create something. Yeah. And, you know, be be a bit artistic. I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of Bill Drummond, um, formerly the the, the KLF uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he he. he bought a, uh, a picture uh, a long time ago by the artist Richard Long called A Smell of Sulphur in the Wind. Uh, and um, it's, it's the, the picture is of an island, a, a stone circle in Iceland. And what, what Bill Drummond did, now, this is a very long story, so I'll cut it short for you, but um, he, he sort of, after a while, he, he, it cost him $20,000, and after a while he, he sort of cut this picture up, and now he's selling into 20,000 pieces, selling each for a dollar each. Oh. And then once he's got the money, he's going to bury it in the ground, um, and I, I, I thought, well, uh, of, of where, well, he's going to bury it in the ground of, of where the picture was taken and then take his own picture. And then he's going to sort of rename it uh, Smell of Money Underground, which is, is brilliant. So this is my sort of reaction to this piece of art. Was, was to, I, I want to go there. I want to go and dig it up. But Bill Drummond doesn't, doesn't work very quickly. And I think he's probably still only halfway, three quarters of the way through selling these, yeah. these sort of uh, pieces. So I thought, well... I need to do something. So I, I did the usual one page of Google research and, and try and find some other <laughs> treasures to find. And, and there's, there's, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that I can see. Out there. Is there no um, other treasure hunt podcast going on? No, well, not that, do you know what? I'm not going to say that, but not that I can see. But, that, this, you know, like I say, I do one page of Google research for anything. Yeah, no, no, no. But that, you know, you, I, I, it, it's, I don't know if you were listening the other day, Paul, um, uh, we we did hide and seek on the radio, oh, of course, yeah, and of course, um, and it was one of those stupid ideas. And it, what was funny is because you people go, "You'll never guess where I am," and you could tell they were really hiding. And it was one of those ideas that I, that I get from time to time. I think I've been doing radio for thirteen years. Why have I not done this before? And and it's and 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 that's what th- this is. Your podcast. It's like. Well, this is obvious. Why is it? And those the best ideas are the obvious ideas that no one else has picked up on yet. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's such a good experience to do for myself as well because at the minute I've got a secret, and you know, there are people walking, you know, they're walking past this, maybe more, maybe not, <laughs> day in, day out, and that kind of thing. But it's really interesting what you're talking to uh, with Will earlier about the free will. Yeah. You know, actually going out and burying this. Well, I'm, I'm sat in my car talking to you now, so I didn't want to wake the family up. But it, when we went out, you know, I sat behind the wheel of the car and yeah. thought, where, where are we going to go? And it was, it, I'm, I'm 40 years, I'm 40, a couple of years younger than you, but I, I in 40 years, I've never gone to, you know, left the house and thought, I'm doing something completely oh, random. No one else is doing it. And it, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do. I love it. If, you know, if you want to get, uh, you know, at uh, uh, its basic, it's, it's a fun game for the family. Um, but if you want to get pretentious, you're right. This, this, is, you, this is performance art you're doing, Paul. This is, this is a wonderful thing. Now, you may have heard me and um, uh, uh, um, Will uh, gently ribbing, going, well, it's only 100 quid. Oh, yeah. I, 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 some people might say, well, it is only 100 quid, Paul. But I'm assuming this is coming out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, another thing we do, we, we sell, uh, well, we, very poorly, we sell uh, Depeche Mode periodic table posters. So, you know, we hang have on. the idea of making... You, hang, making whoa, 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 hang on a sec. You do what? Well, we made the Depeche Mode periodic table. We stuck it on a poster and we, we sell them. And they're all around Europe, but we're not, we're not ever so clever at selling them. You know, we don't sell, we don't sell very much. Did d- d- Depeche Mode and the man behind the periodic table know that you've combined their um, things? No, probably not, but I think it's been done quite a lot. It's been done with cheeses, and I know the band The Sharks have done it as well. Okay. So we just right. kind of jumped on that train. So yeah. For our production company, and when I say production company, I'm a factory worker, and my, my partner, my, my production partner, is an office worker, so you know, you, yeah. you know where we're at with it. Um, so we had, a, we had 100 quid in the account, and you know, we just sort of said, well, let, let's use that. Let's, oh, know, I love it. I, I, can't, I can't take it out of the family budget, I know that much. I mean, my, my eldest, you know, she's... She's looking at this hundred quid and saying, Dad, that's a pair of trainers. What on earth are you doing? But you're creating an experience. You're creating... Do you remember Masquerade? No, I don't know. I was listening to that earlier, but no, I don't remember it. No. Oh, Mask- Honestly, there, there, I heard there's a brilliant... Doc- someone's telling me there's a film documentary about it as well, but there was a brilliant documentary on 4 Extra, um, and it was this big thing in the 80s, and I remember it because I used to get really geeky computer games magazines, and they would advertise it. Um, in the, the the back of that, and it was it was huge. You know, people all over the world were getting into this. Um, and I think there is, uh, um, what was that? Um, um, geocaching. That was it. Yeah. Geocaching. But about two, three years ago, everyone was geocaching. For those who don't know, it's kind of like treasure hunting using an app on your phone. And you, but you know, it, but it, it it was all very friendly and very jolly. And this, I guess, kind of taps into into that sort of spirit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people say to me, well, well, why don't you, why don't you do an app? You know, it's perhaps a bit more modern, but, you know, we do podcasts. Podcasts are our thing, you know, and we love the medium. And, uh, you know, we, we, we think this, I mean, the, the intention, I think, is to, is to, to try and double the money as, as, as we go. So we're already, you know, I, I think you said earlier, we're going to, we're going to crowdfund to 200 pounds on the next one. And then as we, as we develop, we might try and sell some adverts. Uh, we, you know, at the minute, we've no idea how to do it. We're dipping our toe, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a lot of fun finding out. Um, so is the, is the money buried? Yes. Oh, yeah. We, we buried that in July last year. So for 11 months now, 11 months, it's been sat in the ground. How do you know it's still uh, there? I don't, I don't. And again, again, this is it. That's, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> it I, was, I was with someone recently, and I couldn't make the excuse. I was somewhere near it for the first time uh, in 11 <laughs> months, and I couldn't make the excuse. I couldn't think of an excuse as to why I would be going to a different place. And, uh, I, I, you know, but, but also that, that was, again, it was a little wry smile to myself that sort of said, well, yeah, it, it might be there, it might not. <laughs> um, and what is it? Is it in like a biscuit tin or something? 
Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. And has it got yeah, your, yeah. your phone number or, 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 or you know, is it, if, if you yeah. find this money, call this number? Yeah, they, they, well, they, we've put an email address in there, but we, we've just blatantly said, look, this is yours now. It's not, it's not our money. Wow. I've had people, people uh, come to me and say, well, yeah, we, tell me and we'll go halves on it. I said, well, no, it's not. That's not it. I'm not interested in the money. Yeah. I'm interested in the process of doing this. Um, and uh, we should mention the name of the podcast. What's the podcast called? Uh, it's called Buried Treasure, and uh, we're on uh, buriedtreasureuk.podbean.com, and obviously we're on iTunes. Hang on, so bur- hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Buriedtreasure.podbean. Uh, sorry, it's buriedtreasureuk.podbean.com. Buriedtreasureuk.podbean.com. Send me, tweet me the link, uh, 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 Paul, and I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it. And are all the episodes up? No, one episode's up uh, so far, and... You see, this is it. I know you, you, for your podcast and things like that, you do, you do on a, a regular basis, so you release on a Thursday, things like that. Yeah. And really, with, with the nature of this, we wanted to do it reasonably randomly. Not, you know, it's not going to be another 11 months before we do the next one. It will be a couple of weeks. But, you know, we just wanted to... And I suppose that I'm, I'm, I'm toying with the idea that that's a lure for people to subscribe. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Could I, so, could you know, I they, get it? If I was, like, really... If I was, like, um, really clever, like the kid that used yeah. to do the um, uh, auction <laughs> on, on Terry Wogan... Could I get it from like episode two? Uh, no, no. Or is it is it episode six? You go, and the final clue is it's uh, in the bin at Brighton train station. Go. Yeah, yeah. It, we, we've very much that's been one of the trickiest things of doing this. Digging a hole and shoving money in it is very easy. Then working backwards uh, so that you don't give away too much too soon. We found you know yeah. that, that was a long night. Um, I like you, Paul. Thanks. I like you a lot, and I like this idea, and I think it's absolutely brilliant, and I hope people buy into it, and I hope people, um, uh, I hope people play along, because I, th- it's, I think it's delicious, I think it's naughty, I think it's pretentious, <laughs> I think it's stupid, I think it's all of those things that I strive to be, and I think it's an absolutely cracking idea, and um, I wish you the best of luck. Can, that, can, can people, it'd be on iTunes and stuff as well, wouldn't it? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be on iTunes, don't you? Of course you do, Paul. If you if you tweet me the link, you know, now whenever I'll, I'll, when I see it, I'll, I'll give it a little retweet. And um, I, I, I wish you the best of luck with it, mate. Fantastic, thank you. Thank come you. on, you when someone you. come on when someone's found it. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be a euphoric day for us all, and then we can uh, we move on to series two. Nice ah. one, Paul. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Well done. There we go. I like that. I like him. What a nice bloke. I'm glad. I'm glad that that tweet percolated in the back of my head. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, BuriedTreasureUK.podbean.com. If you're following me on Twitter, at Ian Lee, I'm, when he tweets me, I'm going to um, uh, retweet that. Sorry, I'm just a little bit fanboying here because J.K. Rowling has just... Re- the, the streams of cross, across J.K. Rowling has just um, tweeted, Ah, oh, Mickey Dolenz. <laughs> oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. We'll take some phone calls now. It's a phone-in show, and we've not asked you to call in for the first nine, uh, the first hour and a quarter. Scott and Alan, stay there. You'll be first up. This is Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We lost a caller there. Who was they? They bottled it. Caddick! Hip, 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 Dad. Hip, 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 Alan! How was your night off yesterday? Oh, I, d- I didn't know how to, I don't know what to do with a night off. 
Oh dear. No, I don't. I don't know what to do. So, I watched um, Repo Man, yeah. which I'd never seen before. I'd only ever seen the first fifteen minutes of it before, and got bored of it. Then I watched it, and last night I thought, "Yeah, this is brilliant." Then I got a headache, yeah. so I went to bed, and then I thought, "I'm not really interested in the election, but yeah. I'll just watch the first bit on telly." Yeah. But you can watch it. Here's the thing: once I found out you could watch it on your phone in a little corner. But then also look at Twitter. I was away. I was oh, away. Really? I was doing that. Well, with me, I missed the most important bit of the election. Which bit was that, Alan? The, the voting exit poll. The, the, how do you mean you missed the exit poll? Because I was watching DIYSOS. I thought I had forty weeks so I can be ready to stay up through the night. Yes. Next thing I know, it was twenty-two eleven. Right, well, you could still... I mean, I I fell asleep at midnight and nothing had happened by then, apart from David Dimbleby getting angry that the microphone didn't work. I thought it was because there was a fly in the studio. Well, what? Um, but um, exciting news. We are in... By the way, it's all kicking off. Sinn Féin have said that um, uh, the, the DUP going with um, the gov- British government is unconstitutional. Uh-oh! coming from people who don't bother taking their seats in Parliament in the first place. Alan Caddick knows a lot about Sinn Féin. Yeah, but... But she can't... Here's the thing. She can't do um, an informal coalition with the DUP, someone told me, because of that very thing. Um, she has to make a deal for um, for Ireland and Northern, or for Northern Ireland in Brexit. The DUP want something i've already run out of information i don't know anything about the dup but it, it, it is it seems a little bit um 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 how can i say this uh musky that she is sidled up with those guys when they will want something out of her in the brexit negotiations i thought Theresa may would have done a coalition with the liberal democrats like cameron did with nick clegg in 2010 well that's what i thought but it didn't happen that's a good voice, isn't it? I didn't know I could do that voice. Well, that's what I thought, but... Hey, I'm, when we're in America, I'm going to go to um, the studios where they make cartoons and say, You got a voice for a guy to cartoon! Remind me of what is a demo. She needs to... Here we go, guys. She needs to resign, Alan. And we need Prime Minister Boris to sort this out. Yeah, Boris still got a job. Theresa May, go away. Come back another day when you are a big gay. She, no, well, the thing is, here's the thing. I was listening to this on the radio on the way in. She can't, she's having a cabinet reshuffle, but she can't get rid of the top five, Boris, um, Rudd, Philip. Uh, Philip, and the other, she can't get rid of them because if she gets rid of them, they will turn against her and she loses and that vote. In Parliament, if she get, if she fires Boris Johnson as Foreign Secretary, right? Yeah. Well, then he's never going to vote. He's never going to back her up on any of her votes. So she's lost one vote. She can't do a thing. I spy a leadership election. I spy Prime Minister Boris Johnson on the horizon. We're all going to get nuked. I thought that was Mr. Trump's job. Well, I mean, we did all joke. Do you remember? Do you remember a couple of years ago, Alan, we're all joking about, wouldn't it be funny if uh, Americans voted Trump in as president and Boris Johnson became prime minister? And we all laughed at that impossible fairy tale. It's going to happen, man. 
fantasy becoming reality. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. And, and luckily, that's um, not all of your fantasies become true because um, a lot of my female listeners would be um, disappointed. Well, we know stuff. That... Anyway, um, who would have thought I'd end up... Um, uh, Kaz, come and join me in the studio, for goodness sakes. What are you doing out there? Um, who would have thought I'd end up having a heavy political debate with Alan Caddick, of all people? 0344 499 is the telephone number, if you want to give us a call. It's always weird throwing to the phones after we've had a guest. And we've had two guests. He was good, that podcast lad, wasn't he? I enjoyed that. Excellent. I, I think... And I like, because part of me was worried he'd say, well, and I'm glad you invited me on, because we're being sponsored by Steve's Cars, <laughs> and Steve's Cars is, is great automobiles, and, and Steve's, Steve's personally handed us uh, the £100, and it uh, can be used in any Steve's Cars uh, anywhere around the country. And he wasn't, he goes, me and my mate had it in a bank account, and we thought, well, we, should, we might as well bury it. I, and I love it. I love that homebrew, um, and, 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 and I did, when I saw it, I thought, ah, I'm not going to get involved in that. And it just, in the back of my head, so I just went, send me an email, we'll sort it out. Um, and I love it. I want to know what it's like to go out in the dead of night with a shovel <laughs> and something to bury that you don't want oh, people to see. It depends. It can be very heartbreaking. No, I mean, if it's oh, money. the money. Know. Oh, yeah. God, I've got no idea what that's like. No, no, not at all. But oh, can you three, imagine four, four, wandering four, nine, around? Nine, yeah, it would be exciting. Oh, you'd have a little Brucey boner. But um, people are going to be digging up places they shouldn't be digging up, aren't yeah. they? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's encouraging um, vandalism. It's going to be mayhem. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. Oh, I hope someone finds it. I hope someone finds it and gets in touch and then um, uh, goes goes around the world with the £100. Do you believe this guy? Do you think that there is actually money out there? Oh, no, there's part of me that thinks he's made it up entirely. It's all bullshine. Do you remember that guy at Milton Keynes Gallery? Remind... Yeah, I do. Remind me. He reckoned he'd hidden... Was it a million pounds? No, I don't think it was money. He'd, he'd hidden something that was valuable. Google it. Right. Because that was, that was a lie. That was bullshine, wasn't it? But it was he, to get he, people he into claims he'd hidden something valuable. I thought, wasn't it a Christmas tree or something? No. There were Christmas trees. On. He, th- he claimed he'd hidden something valuable. Ah, £8,000 check. It was money. In Milton Keynes Gallery. Yeah, yeah. But Milton Keynes Gallery didn't know anything about it. And he said that he'd done it. Um, and that it could, could be found, but then no one found it. And then when we went round to his house, he, he didn't he shout out of the window and then oh, lock himself in. Yeah, I can't remember. We sent Justin round. It was all rather hazy after the fact, wasn't it? No, that happened. Thomas Georgeson, right? Thomas Bullshineson. And his aim was doing, <laughs> doing something positive for a town eager to become a cultural destination. So that to me says, yeah, but I got you all into the gallery, didn't I? Yeah, but they weren't looking at the pictures. They were kind of wab- waggling things around that shouldn't yeah, have been they touched. Were, <laughs> they were. Um, yeah, I like, I like that. And do you know what? Because, um, a lot of podcasts are, well, we've got this guest and we've got them for an hour. And, and I'm not knocking those podcasts. Because we've but, done it. <laughs> well, we've, well, we've done it and I've been on them and, and I've been on some this week. Um, and it's a great, it's a great idea. You know, we've got this person for an hour. And I, but I, I think there is a little bit of exhaustion mm-hmm. around those things, unless you have a big name. And also, there are people who do it brilliantly, like yeah. Adam Buxton. And, yeah. You know, people like that. Um, and I'm not, and I've been on some podcasts and I'll, I'll give those a big, a bit of a plug as well, because I've been on quite a few podcasts recently from you, dear listeners. So thank you to plug the show and I'll give those a plug in a minute. 
Um, and, and when I come back from New York, there'll be a couple more up. I'm going to write a whole piece on my website and link to all of them and do all of that. So if you think I've not been pushing them, I, when we get back from New York, I will. I really will give it a, a big push and wait for them all to come in. Um, but how, how, uh, you know, how refreshing to hear a brand new idea, yeah. a unique idea um like he says he did a first page of google search that's all we ever do really in fact sometimes i click on page seven of google it's it's really boring down there um but you know and 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 he's um you know he's not backed by a big company it's just him and his mate wanting to you know inspired by the klf and wanting to do something creative brilliant brilliant more of that please more of that i totally encourage that um we've got some phone calls good evening philip Hello, mate. How are you? Um, oh, do you know what, Phil? I'm on the top of the world, world looking, looking down on creation, and the only explanation <laughs> I can find <laughs> is the love that I've found ever since you've been around. Your love puts me at the top of the world. Did you get a new tune to start your programme? Um, yeah, me singing that. I, I missed the beginning, mate. I've no, I've got in. no, no, no. We have got a new tune, and you're right. And I, I, um, let me just find it because it really is, absolutely. I think it sums up the show perfectly, mm-hmm. absolutely perfectly. I think it's a really good um, summary. Has it got that Friday feeling to it? It's got that Friday feeling, and it goes like this. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the new theme to Late Nights with Ian Lee. Oh, my God. And you thought the 80s was bad. Is this because I'm ringing? Yeah. No, that's, that's the new theme to the show. Friday Friday Fun Time Funerals. So, I've, mi- I've missed the beginning of the show. Like I said, I've just got in. Oh, we were just waiting for you to um, turn up. We are just warming up, weren't yeah. we? <laughs> 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 What I'd like to ask you is... Yes. The fly on the wall thing. The what? The fly on the wall. In in the future... Yes. In the near future, or uh, who would you like to be what? a fly on the wall? I don't want to be a fly. They they sit in um, dog feces. No, you know what I mean. It's, you know, in it's the future? Between the... Conv- well, what I, what I thought the other day... And it was inappropriate uh, the last two or three days. And this is why I didn't ring in. But um, um, I would love to be a fly on the wall when Mr. Trump comes over in, in October yes. uh, with a conversation between him yes. and Prince Philip. That would be my fly on the wall. What would yours be? Um, why, why would you want to? Oh, because they'd be racist. And you condone um, racism. You're a racist. You might as well no, just go and sit no, in old people's no, home. Not that <laughs> I'm, te- I'm, I'm teasing you, Phil. What? Ian, Ian, I'm teasing Ian, you. I'm Phil. I'm t- guys, guys, it's fun. What? What the hell is wrong with everybody? It's fu- it's fun time Friday. I'm teasing you. Okay. <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard, Ian? What they're they're calling Mr. Trump in America? Um, well, the word winker over there doesn't mean... Scrotus, they call him. Oh. Mm. No, no, it's the... His new nickname is The Thinker. (laughs) Which I find very funny. But yes, well, good, good, good. I would like to be, um, 
I would like to be a fly on the wall. With two people. Okay. Which two people? Okay. In the near future. Why, why, this has got to be the near future. It's very specific, yet vague yes. at the same time. Well, we don't want to be in the past, do we? No. We always look forward. Um, here's, here's something, and it's going to sound a little bit bent. Oh. No. No, uh, we won't. Well, we might do. I like bent. Go on. Um, my two boys. Because very, there's, there's only been a few occasions when I've heard them and they think they're alone being themselves together. And it is insane. I mean, it How is... How old are your boys? Seven and five. And I've got I've got grandchildren. Um, uh, three. And I don't six. want to be a fly on the wall with your grandchildren. That would that wouldn't be proper. But with my with my boys, because there must be only three times in my life when I've heard them complete where they think that no one can mm-hmm. hear them and they're talking to each other yeah. and it is wonderful, bonkers. Have you ever seen yeah. that, that program, uh, The Secret Life of Four Year Olds or Five Year Olds? No. They mic up the whole place it's like Big Brother in a, yeah. in a play school. The conversations they have, the things they play. Yeah. I mean, my teachers know an awful lot about our home life and i don't think it's all through stories the children have told them it's how they play there was one kid on the phone right and she says stop phoning me i don't love you anymore and you're not the dad whoa when they want to be best friends when they want to be best best friends Catherine. that's 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 the best thing yeah when they you know you're my best friend yeah but then five minutes later they hate each other again don't they who would you be Catherine? (laughs) let's you play the game who would I like to... In the near, in the near future. future. Um, the near future. Mm. Uh, Rupert Murdoch and our boss. Rupert Murdoch is our boss. No, and our other boss. <laughs> the radio boss. <laughs> it's a bit controversial. I just want to know what, what's cracker lacking. <laughs> it's a little bit controversial. What are you asking? No, I could, but all these people tweeting about poor old Rupert stormed out of a, a party last night. I, was, I couldn't I couldn't retweet it. He's my boss. I felt sure bad. You had valid I reasons. Imagine, I could imagine. <laughs> sorry, sorry for putting in. I could imagine oh, um, uh, Phil the Greek giving it. it. Back to um, we've, we've got a wall that Adrian built. Would you like to come and see it? There we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Phil, thank you for that, mate. There was Ta-ta. I didn't wasn't listen to a word we said, that no. man. Good for him. Good for him. Do you remember that programme? Uh, Andre, I'll come to you in a minute. 0344 499 um, Where they... It was 10 and 11-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And they they put them in a house. Oh, and let them run things. Yeah, what was that? That's about 10 years ago. And their parents watched them. Yeah, what was that? Oh, and half good, that. Oh, and I've good that. Hey, anyway, um, so I might buy a scooter, mm. and I might be buying a scooter from the lady that was in Paddington Green. How far ahead in the negotiations are you? Well, not that far, because she doesn't whimsy. really sell second-hand. I saw a scooter today for for less than a grand. I thought, you know what? It's my birthday. I could buy that now, and I've, I've, had a good, I've had a good couple of months. I could buy that now, and no one need know about it. Well, they would know about it, wouldn't they? Well, they, no, I'd be... park it around the corner and then get into my car and drive home. <laughs> Only a fool would do that. And then I'd get in and they'd go, um, why were you wearing a crash helmet driving your car? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, but but anyway, she's going to give me... leathers. She's going to give me... <laughs> oh, I'll wear that at home anyway. She's going to give me the rest of the Paddington Green series on video and I'm going to convert them to DVD for her. Is she? Yeah, she is. is she, she and she's going to come on the show. But is she, though? Yeah, we talked about it on Facebook today. Okay, cool. And did you ask her about scootery? Why is he loitering outside the studio? Who? Ed. Come in, Ed. But don't... Only if you have to. Why are you in? 
Because I've just come back from. No, but why are you? Why was that door? Why were you loitering? Because I need to tell Kath something about your kit for next week. Okay, oh gosh, go on what a problem. Just one minor thing. It's what? a different number for something. Oh, you're kidding me. It's, it's still on the... I'll, I'll explain later on. Go and sort this out. Blood Nora. This is fine. This is... A, you can't... You've got everything on the carnet. has got to be spot on. Oh, it's it's 99.9% spot on. It's no, got to be 100% spot on, Ned. It's got to be 100% spot on for right, the carnet. I'll sort it. Yeah, you will sort it, boy. You will sort it, boy. It's got to be... It's the carnet, you pudding. It's got to be 100% spot on. 99... Because those Americans, John, you've been to America. You've worked in America. Uh, I've been there many times. Those, those those Americans, they don't mess around at customs. Oh no 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 no! You you can't do anything. You, you can't do anything. Co- I remember um, a, few, a while ago now because uh, it's not on my passport anymore. Um, I went to went to New York City, and um, they looked at my passport, and they said, um, "Yes, sir. If you could come with, if you could come with us, sir." And I was sat in a little hall on a bench. With some Mexican-looking gentlemen, I was there for an hour, and I was called into a room, and they said, uh, "Your passport, sir. Uh, can you tell me why you were in Pakistan?" Because uh, I've been to Pakistan, and um, they didn't—they didn't like it. I thought I was a terrorist. I know someone who um, he, he had a work visa, he had yeah. a green card for a couple of years, and it had two months left on it, and he'd been out of the country, and he'd flown back into America just to visit some people. For two weeks, and he had a return flight. Here we go. And they wouldn't let him in because they thought he was going to overstay his his visa. But he, he still had, had time prove, on the visa. He still had two months on it. But he had to prove that he was going back and then going on somewhere else. He had to show another flight that he had booked somewhere else. Flipping it. So they wouldn't let him in because they that's, thought he was going to stay. That's outrageous. I hate. And New York, New York Customs is the worst. I tell you, the best time. I, I know we're missing that break. We're, 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 uh, you, you, you can work it out, John. You're a professional. I'm not. The best time I went to New York was when I took my mum, and bless her, she's in a wheelchair. And um, we were the last to get off the plane. And we're like, oh, I've got to be here for hours. Got in the wheelchair, pushed her, pushed her, waved straight through, went to the front. Because you can be like two hours getting through customs in New York. Waved straight through. Went went to the Empire State Building with my mum in a wheelchair. Massive queue. We went, oh, I'm really sorry, mum. It's not going to happen. As we were leaving, someone said, excuse me. Is she handicapped? Oh, please come to the handicapped elevator. We went straight to the front of the queue. Boom. So here's my tip. If you're in New York, pretend to be handicapped. They use that word, not me. Here's the break. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Really busy show tonight. Um, just because we had three brilliant guests that kind of all popped up at once, and we wanted to do them before we went to America. And Moses coming up at midnight. Um, a really great. I mean, a really good rock and roll autobiography. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Andre. Hey, Ian. All right, right geezer. That, that, that's what is that sort of time. Well, I'll better have a bit of a, a debate with Curvius Caff. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid Curvius Caff is, is, is berating Ed. Ah, oh, no, you're choking. Yeah, she's berating him. I, I think we've got to have a debate, me and Caff. We've got to. Don't say it. Uh, all right, yeah, anyway, whilst I bought a paper today. Oh, yeah? And I've, I've done a Sudoku in it. Oh, did you? Really? That's brilliant. Yeah, it's good, brilliant. Yeah, really good paper. And uh, here we go. That's what I found interesting. That, that was that. Uh, what was that, was that a joke? 
No, I'll say I bought a paper. I buy a paper quite regularly. And you did it. I don't I know. I... I can't say what I can't say what one. Go on, what was you gonna say? You can why can't you say what one? Uh I don't disclose that information. Well, it's classified, it's classified. Was it the classifieds? Yeah. No, it, uh, it was daily. That's a clue, yeah. Okay, and and did you daily get it? In, did you get it um, sent by mail? No, I picked it up from the petrol station. Yeah, no, okay, but do you sure you? No, it wasn't a daily mail. No. Did it come by express? Uh, possibly. Okay. Or you could have looked into it. I oh oh okay, and and it reflected back at you, yeah. Uh, it could have if it weren't going so fast. So is it? <laughs> Right. Uh, oh, well, it could have been express. It could have been a mirror. Yeah. I don't... The, please stop talking. I... Shut up. Pardon? Shut up. Sorry? Uh, yeah. I... Oh, God. Uh, yeah. What I... <laughs> I <laughs> don't understand... I, please, please... Th- no. Oh, let me... Sp- no, let me speak. No, because I'm trying to speak. You're just telling oh, me I a thought... list of boring things you've done. Oh, I... Speak up, then. Don't... <laughs> Sorry. I... Well, don't... What? I... Don't. What? What? I. Yeah. If don't. you. I don't. Stop biting in. I. <laughs> Go on. I don't. Yeah. Please. I. Yeah, carry on. I. I. What? I don't. What? I don't. Well, I'll talk for you. You don't want. What? Don't. What? We don't want to what? I don't. Talk to me. What? I. Don't. Don't care what paper I've got. I. If I've done Sudoku or not. I don't. Don't care. I don't. What? I. Right. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we can't bring to this all night. I don't get Sudoku. Can you? Nine in each square. Yeah. Only use the same number once. Nine in a line. Only use the same number once. In blocks of nine boxes. But I, I know, I know, the, I know the principle, but I can't do it. And I'd, also, I don't Easy. see why you'd want to do it. Because I like it. It passes ten minutes. Easy of my, a man of my calibre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Calibre. Yeah, I like. I just like doing it. Pass in a cafe or wherever you are waiting in the vehicle. Yeah, you can do, you can do it anywhere in a vehicle in a cafe. Yeah, that's good. That's what I like. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Andre. Yeah. Cheers. Let me speak next time. Yeah. <laughs> You cheeky git. Julie, stay there. Come to you after this. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making friends. We are. That was me. Sorry, I was. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm still trying to sort out guests for next week in New York. And Imani Coppler is one of them. And I'm playing one of her songs. These things happen. Yes, Julie. Happy birthday. Hey. I w- oh, yeah. Hey. I wanted to say happy birthday hey. to you. And um, I put in a tweet earlier, yeah, let's give Ian the bumps. What happened to the bumps? Uh, giving people I, the give bumps them, I give them to my birthday. kids. Give them to my kids. Do you? Yeah, but yeah, yeah they give, give, give the bumps to my kids. And it is it does your back in <laughs> when you're doing it. That's yeah, what. it certainly does. Uh, and I wanted to ask you yes. um, if you used to have birthday parties when you were a kid, and if there was a particularly... Not at all? No, I had one. I remember having one birthday party, 
Um, Tell me more about it. I don't really remember it. Nothing really happened. Some friends came round and there was some cake and that was it. Didn't certainly didn't have party bags. Um, nowadays, oh no, there's a party every I year. Know. Every year, every year, we have to throw a party. I have one party as a child. And now every year I've got to throw a party for my children, including a party when they were one. They don't remember that. What waste. We hired an entertainer. I don't remember that. What waste of money. I had, I had a party, my best ever party, I was eight, and my parents rebranded, like, Cherry Aid as, it was all Muppet-themed. Oh. So they made Coca-Cola, they made, or Coke, they made, uh, it's a Fuzzy Fizz, yeah. and Limeaders, uh, Limeade. Oh, God, Limeade. Brilliant, right? Um, but the, it, the whole party was um, marred by the fact that um, Richard Ince was running far too fast, uh, slipped on a ham sandwich, Incy. and ended up with a black eye. Incy's got a black eye! Incy got a black eye. Do you have parties as a girl, uh, Kath? I can remember, like, one or two. That might be it. Yeah, didn't, just didn't, didn't, didn't go it on... It every year. We had, I had one, and my sister had one, and, um, um, I got this right, Joe, Richard Francis asked mum to dance, have I got that right? Or was it, um, um, the blonde lad, um, the blonde lad who, who got in touch with me recently? His name I can't, what's the blonde lad's name? I can't remember. Richard, Richard Francis. And, uh, anyway. The thing that. is, my birthday's in August and everyone was always on holiday. Uh, and that's another thing. We didn't have holidays every year. I can remember one... Two, I can remember four holidays in my childhood, and only one of those was abroad. That, that's it. Four holidays. That's it. Abroad was a big deal. Yeah, going abroad was a massive big deal. We went to Spain when I was, um, I'm going to say nine, so that would have been nineteen, nineteen eighty one or eighty two. It would have been. We went to Spain, and that was it. That was it. You know, the old, the, uh, uh, go have a holiday. Go have three holidays. Birthday party. Get real. Get 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 with and I've, it. I've got one final question. I've got one final question for you. Yes. Um, off the top of off the top of your head, one of your best ever birthday presents. Here's the thing, right? I don't really like birthdays. I don't. I- do them. No, I don't, right. I don't yeah. like them, and I can't ever remember birthday presents either. No, I can't. <laughs> I mean, but best but birthday present. Um, um. I should maybe get like one or two things. Maybe like a, I don't know, fuzzy felt, and I don't know, a stationery set or something. And I was delighted. I could tell you mine. This was kind of a couple of things. I got a um, I got a what they call a stereo that you could tape yourself on. A tape recorder? No, yeah, it was like, no, yeah, it was a, with a radio and that. A big, ma- a massive thing. And it had a speaker and it also had a little microphone. So if you put your face near it, you could record yourself. Have, me, you, have you got any of the recordings? Yeah, still? my grandma's got one. My grandma's got a whole, um, about two hours worth of KB radios, me and my sister did with, uh, with adverts and KB everything. KB radio? Yeah. Ah! I lost my tapes as a kid. I was the the keeper of our treasures, our audio treasures, and I lost two tapes. They were thrown away. Someone cleared out my tapes. Oh, where are the tapes that are in the garage? I don't know. Right, because they were definitely in the garage. I don't know. Yeah, no, they're not. Did you throw them away? No, I wouldn't wouldn't throw them away. I was wondering if you'd throw them away. No, I'm not throwing them away. Well, someone's throwing them away. Oh, dear. So, um, uh, I've still got, though... um, I'll tell you what I've what I have got, and I've 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 got the vinyl, and every now and then, every now and then, 
I um, I look for the vinyl and I can't find the vinyl and then I find the vinyl. But I've, I've here we go. Have a listen. Have a listen to this. I've still got. I've still got oh. this. Here we go. Why is this not? Is this playing? Why is this not playing? Linda Rugg, your rave, the name starting now. Here we go. I'm H-A-P-P-Y. My mum and dad. I'm H-A-P-P-Y. I know I am on your eye. I'm H-A-P-P-Y. 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 H-A-P-P
And then tonight, I, I thought I'd, I'd look about checking in. You can't check in until the day before. But but you can reserve your seats like a week before, and I always forget this. So I've, I've reserved seats flying out. Coming back, to make sure we were sat next to each other, I've had to pay pay 55 quid each because you got a bit of extra legroom. I've had to pay because all the other seats are gone, all the free seats. All the fr- I say free seats... We've paid for the seats already, and now we've had to pay an extra 55 quid a seat to come to come back. But I'm just still getting residual panic from what happened when you well, rang up and said... Well, hang on a minute. So I, I'm, I've logged in and I've found my seat. I think it's odd I can't find... Kath's name isn't coming up when I log in. Maybe I've got to log in as Kath. So I logged in, and the name wasn't coming. It wasn't coming. Sorry, error. 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 So I'm flipping it. So I tried it with the maiden name. Error. So then I found out the company we booked the tickets through. I said, excuse me, gentlemen. This was at half nine with Will waiting downstairs. Um, I'm trying to um, reserve our seats and um, I can't find the name. I can't find the, 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 the ticket for Catherine Boyle. OK, give us the details. Give us your booking reference. Yep, the, you've only got one one ticket. And I said, you are joking me, my friend. Um, you've only got one ticket. I said, right. And after some toing and froing, and me getting, well, I was I was calm, but I was annoyed. We found out that you are booked, and you have got a ticket. But there, there was me thinking, oh god, I will go out to New York on my own, and I would have done that. I know you would, you're yeah. selfless like that. Well, no, I would have for the listener. The listener wants the experience, and so I would would have brought it to them. In many ways, it would have been easier doing it on my own because uh, we wouldn't have to go shoe shopping ah! or look at bags. What? E- evening, Rob. 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 Rob's not there. Hang on, let me try this. Evening, Rob! Rob's not there. No, he's turned off by your outrageous sexism. Evening, Rob! Rob's oh. not there. Oh, no, oh, Rob's there! Oh, no, hang on. Rob! Where am I? You're there. there. You're there, Rob. I've been screaming. Hello! Well, Rob, then maybe that was it. We have um, uh, filters here that filter oh, out the screaming. <laughs> what you got for it. us, Rob? I just, um, I'm a pod uh, a listen againer. A pod listen again. though I, I yeah. dig that. I used to podcast, but then you've trimmed them right down, so now I'm a listener again, 100% listen to the whole Well, listen show. to them, well, listen, but everyone's a, well, the podcasts are only half an hour. It's still half no, an I'm hour more than, no, I know you're not, but some people are on Twitter. It's still half an hour more than nothing, which is yeah. what you'll get if I lose my job. Free content. Exactly, it's free content. It's free content. You won't find me complaining. Um... Well, anyway. We nearly didn't find you at all. <laughs> oh, Catherine, good to hear your voice. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you talk to Catherine? No, it's all right. You I get paid you. more. Rob, you talk to Kath. No. Hiya, Kath. Hiya. What's going on? It was, it, I, just, I heard you talking about Billy Bragg. Oh, yeah. And I've got, uh, got very excited. He's got a giant hero of mine, one of my favourite artists. Brilliant. Well, um, well, here's the and deal. I'm so looking forward to him being on, and I wanted to know: is he coming in? Are you phoning well, in? What's going? Well, well, well. All right, don't get too excited yet, because it's still in the very early stage of the negotiation. But Hang on, the you will told me he was a... coming on. Whoa! You told me you told me Billy Bragg was coming on. <laughs> They've said he'll you co- were bragging about Bragg. No, I wasn't. He'll, he'll come on, but we need to sort out the day. So he's coming on. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Yeah. Well, well, then, then you've, you've you've backed off a bit, and now you. I don't know whether right. he's. But what I can. All right, Theresa May, calm down. No. You're going, you're going all in. No. Because... Balls in. What? You're going balls in. Like Leave Theresa my balls May. out of this, please. Theresa May's balls. Oh, God, no, stop. Steady, steady. Here's steady. the deal. I don't know whether he's going to come in or not. We might get him on the phone. 
as soon as I know, oh. I'll give you a ring, Rob, personally. And uh, please, yeah, please. Uh, he's three of the greatest musical events of my life have been Billy Bragg. Go on, give us, give us them in reverse order. In reverse order, um, Brighton Centre about ten years ago. The support act was those guys who did the JCB song. Oh yeah, the the, the Bruce. My dad's got Bruce Lee's nunchuckers. Yeah. What were they called? I, I interviewed I them. Uh, so hang on, one of your your the top three Billy Bragg musical moments wasn't Billy Bragg. He they didn't turn up. Right. So, so one of your hang on a minute. One of your top three Billy Bragg yeah. musical moments was when Billy Bragg didn't turn up. No, Billy turned up. The JCB song boys didn't turn Flipping up. Flipping it, Kath. Can you follow this? This is you. You encourage these type of callers. They come <laughs> sniffing for you. So let <laughs> sniffing. So let's get this straight. You wanted to see the JCB boys. No, you got Billy Bragg instead. Went to see Billy Bragg. The support act, which was supposed to be the JCB song boys, didn't turn up. So he did the support act himself. Right. Um, I missed the support act bit. Well, they so weren't there. He's, He'd done his main set, and he just did the whole evening of all the classics, all the, the, the songs you want to hear. So hang on a minute. You, are you telling me... Double brag, it was. Double it was brag. double... It was but, du important question, yeah. did he do the JCB song? No. Oh, That's well, let well, then, In that case, can, cancel it. Cancel it. I don't, <laughs> I don't want... If he's not prepared to play somebody else's hit for the Rages. fans, then I'm not interested in talking to that. That's a very, very... That's not socialism. <laughs> That's not. That's capitalism at its worst. <laughs> Property theft. No, because he didn't want to advertise. You see, he didn't no. want to advertise the JCB. My dad's Gab. Do you remember that song? JCB's a um. Nunchuckers. Scritty Politi. No, they weren't. They were called. Uh, but Nizpoli. Something like that. Yeah, I know because I I I interviewed them for Nizloppy. There we go. Nizloppy. There we go. We got there. We haven't got time for your other two stories, Rob, because that one went on so long. Good. Well, the second one's New York. Oh yeah, go. You got thirty seconds. Then tell it. I uh, was in New York with with a mate on a on a, on a, on a, a long weekend, and we went to a Billy Bragg concert. Van Atty was playing off off the cuff, and it was absolutely amazing. Right. Is the first one a number one? Also a Billy Bragg concert? No, Swan Lane HMV nineteen eighty six. First time I ever saw him change my life. Thank you very much indeed. There we go. Nice and succinct. Uh, and Moses coming up next. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio is back. A differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. Ian Lee on air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. A really busy show um, uh, tonight, packed with guests, and I, I've been so excited about this. Now, it, uh, you, you know me, guys. I am obsessed with the monkeys, right? I, I'm obsessed. Don't worry, I've, 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 I've set myself a rule. Whenever we get a guest on that, that has a connection to the monkeys, I allow myself one question and one question only about that group. But so I was kind of aware of this, uh, uh, of um, um, a Tiger Beat magazine, Tiger Beat and 16. And they were kind of teen magazines in the 1960s and 70s. And they used to write about uh, the monkeys and about the Beatles, of course, and the Dave Clark Five and, the, and all of these things. So I was aware of Tiger Beat. I've got a few issues of Tiger Beat at home. 
that I bought on eBay. And uh, I was aware of the name uh, Anne Moses, who was the editor of Tiger Beat, became the editor of Tiger Beat in the 60s. And I was absolutely thrilled uh, when I saw that she'd written an autobiography. Um, and it's brilliant. I've just tweeted the link for it. It's Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beat's Teen Idols. And I was even more impressed when I read it because it ain't one of those glossy, and then I met this guy, and then I got to hang out with Dave Clark. And then, it, I mean, those names are in there, but it is one of the most honest books I have read. There are no punches held, and I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that Anne Moses is on the line now. Good evening, good afternoon, Anne. Hi, how are you? Oh, man, I'm thrilled to you uh, talk to you. I loved your book. I thought it was so funny and so rude. <laughs> well, I love hearing you say that. Let's, let's put it that way. I thought I'd offended <laughs> you because I sent you an email, and we won't say the word, but um, you, you <laughs> beautifully, <laughs> you talk about how you learn about the C word. Exactly, I did. And I, I included was, uh, that word in the email. And I, we'd only emailed two or three times. And I says, Anne, I love the book. I'm such a great use of the C word. And then you didn't reply. And I thought, oh, no, I've offended her. Oh, not at all. <laughs> Offend me? I don't think so. Uh, I know. Honestly, it's such a funny book. Um, j- just for those, and I know you wrote for the um, uh, the NME as well over here, so some of the old heads might remember your name from that. But just explain to, to, to my British listeners exactly what Tiger Beat was, when it started, and, and who it was aimed at. Okay, it was a magazine. Uh, what what uh, the the publisher started it. Uh, their first issue was September '65, and I went to work for them in uh, January of '66. And they um, uh, the publisher had been the the uh, publisher of Teen Magazine, but he had when the Beatles came out, he had done a one-shot magazine that sold out, I don't know, 750,000 copies wow. in, in one week. And um, he he just, um, you know, said, hey, I'm, I'm going to angle this toward the, you know, the, the teenagers and pre-teenagers. And he thought he, he was totally aiming it at girls and you know, it's only been since I've been writing the book that I've come to realize that we have this amount of male readers. Yeah. You know, I've heard story after story where where um, men have told me, oh, yeah, I used to go grab my sister's copy and read it from cover to cover. And, <laughs> and, and you know, they, they were just as interested in the rock groups. I'm sure they weren't you know, dying to read the story on how to marry Davy, <laughs> but they were interested in some of, you know, all the other things that were going on. And so um, it, it was, it was strictly, you know, meant for preteen and teenage yeah. girls. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we just, the, the, the audience grew and grew and grew. 16 magazine had started many years earlier. So they were kind of the standard but they were based in New York, so our big advantage was the fact that we were there in Hollywood, you know, where the uh, where they were doing TV shows and they were coming to do big concerts and they were coming to, you know, introduce themselves to to the Hollywood press. 
You know, I, when the, when the, the, when the Who would bring out an album, you know, you could bet there was a, a big, you know, press party at some big hotel. And you started on there because you were you were kind of writing fanzines at college, and and you you got a, a gig on Tiger Beat. How old were you? Eighteen. Yes. Um, and rose up, rose up through the ranks pretty quickly, which I, I was intrigued by that because it, it seemed unusual in the 60s for, for a young woman to, to rise so quickly. It, that, that is a good point, and I've thought about it many times. You know, while in some ways I felt like I was, you know, working extra hard because I wasn't a man yeah. and, and, and there had predominantly been men journalists, you know, certainly when the, the press corps would, would go on tour with the Beatles, uh, you know, it was all men, but at, at the same time, because it was a, a new business and, and it's not like they were some huge corporation that had been publishing magazines for all eternity. And so Every time I would, you know, seize upon a new opportunity, it would be it would be a step forward because there there weren't any rules like, well, no, you can't go there. No, yeah. you can't go on to a tour with this group. You, it, everything we were doing, it was kind of for the first time, and that enabled me to, you know, move up, become editor. When I turned twenty one, wow, they officially made me editor. Yeah. But I had literally been editing the magazine for at least a year before that. And uh, just because I, I just took to it, you know, it, yeah. it's like, I don't know, it was some kind of destiny because I fit what they needed. And and then, uh, you know, I, I loved everything I was doing. Now, and, and even go on. Yes. I was, I was just, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that there's a very slight delay on the line. I was just going to say, I don't want to ruin too many of the stories in there because there are, there are some wonderfully delicious stories in there. But I've got to ask you, you were at what we now call the Elvis 68 comeback special. You were there for that. What the hell was that like, Anne? Well, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was, I was I had I had befriended um, this this publicist at RCA Victor, and uh, and he it was his responsibility to publicize Elvis, and that was not easy at that point in time. You know, sixty six and sixty seven. Yeah, it's like no, but nobody was well, maybe in the UK, but certainly in the US, they were not rushing down to the record stores to get the soundtrack from uh you know from Clambake. Exactly. Mm. So, um, but he, you know, he, he tried, he said, would you do this favor for me? And yeah, I'll do that favor for you. And then, and then, so he would, he would really appreciate when I would write stories for NME because, because, you know, there was not that big demand Mm. in the teen magazine. But so out of the blue, I get this phone call and he said, I've got two tickets for you. And he said, I know you sometimes give the preview tickets away to the Elvis movies I send you. (laughs) (laughs) Even you didn't want to go and see the movies. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, And uh, but I had friends that were, you know, rabid 
Elvis fan, yeah. so it's like I I was the queen when I'd give them tickets to go to these movie previews, and um, and he said, but I I know that you'll want to see this, so I took one of my rabid Elvis fan friends along with me, and and just like everybody else, I had to, you know I just showed up at it was in um, it, Burbank Studios, you know where they filmed Johnny Carson and and those type shows. Mm. And um, so drove over the hill, and just like everybody else, I just I just waited, and there was a long line. It took us like I don't know an hour to get in. It wasn't it wasn't anything extreme, but we did have to wait in line. And then they let everybody in, and they filled up two sets of bleachers, which I I think I don't know if they ever show the bleachers on the show, but you know they're just two sets of bleachers. And by the time I got in, we were in the second to the last row on the top. And, you know, we still thought, this is awesome. You know, we, <laughs> we knew what it was, you know, at that point in time, we knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, um, at the last moment, they, they walked Priscilla Presley in, and she was with a friend, and... She, they take her all the way to the top, and she sits down right behind us, and her knees were actually touching my friend Tony, and he thought he he thought he had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Fantastic! I mean, that was like that made the night for him. Yeah, and and she was looking, you know, she was looking awesome, mm. and and then then they. They filmed some of it. They showed us a little bit of a, the clip of the open because that had already been put on tape. Right. So we we got a little feel for that. But the the setup when I was there was, of course, the live band sitting on the stage, and then there were just two steps that that led up to the the little square stage. And so all of a sudden, after we'd been shown a little preview of of what was going on, they said, "Well, now Elvis is going to come out." And he's going to do some songs on the stage. And who'd like to sit down by the stage? And I don't know. I, I'm sure that, that every one of us in the audience raised our hands. Yeah. But actually, I was one of the ones chosen to sit down by the stage. Wow. So wow. there I am. And, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, Okay, I was, you know, I was as rabid about Elvis as you were mm. when I was, you know, back in fifth grade. Mm. Um, and and we were first seeing him on, on um, you know, Ed, the Ed Sullivan show. But, I mean, you couldn't not be, like, overwhelmed and just out of your mind sitting two feet away from him. And, of course, wow. we, we, we hadn't seen him you know, as an entertainer looking that good before. I mean, here he comes out in the black leather, and his hair, you know, is is just, it's so, you know, he's got long sideburns, and he's just, he's got his own persona going on there that we've never seen before. Yeah. You know, he's not the, he's not the same guy you saw in Blue Hawaii. And it was just like, it was so compelling. It's like, man, he's, he's, so hip now. <laughs> but then, of course, he started to sing, and then it just it got better and better. And unbeknownst to me, uh, while they were filming Can't Help Falling in Love, which is the, the song they chose to close the show with, 
they, you know, they were shooting the whole scene, and I am captured watching him from the stage, sitting next to the stage. And so when it came on TV, it was like, I can't believe it. My face is on TV next to Elvis. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I was going crazy. So it was, I was just so fortunate mm. to, you know, to be there. And of course, it, with, uh, a week later, I got an invitation to the to be you know a, a part of the press corps at his opening at the international, and it was like that was that was an invitation I did not turn down. It's I mean it's it's just incredible, and I, I, the, 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 you know. I, I, I'm speechless. Genuinely, I'm speechless, Anne, because it, <laughs> I could sit and listen to you all night. I've just remembered another thing in your book. Get this, Kath. We are, we are huge fans, and there's a, we've, we've had some great guests on, Anne. We've had Mike Love, we've had John Sebastian, Roger McGuinn, Pe- Mickey Dolans, people like that. And, uh, Lou Adler we mm-hmm. had on. And there's a key, mm-hmm. one, one person that keeps popping up in all the stories is Cass Elliot, Mama Cass. And you mm-hmm. were in the recording studio when they're laying down the vocals for I Saw Her Again last night. You were there when they were doing that. They were. And, and I mean, that was so <laughs> eye-opening to me. Because I had been to a, you know, a, a, a small handful of recording sessions. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, they were almost always, they'd run all through the night. And I'm not a night person, but, you know, you do what you have to do. <laughs> yes. You know, if you, if you get to... At a monkey's recording session, you just <laughs> you just stick it out. Yeah, and and but little little tidbit things were always being done, so it wasn't kind of the same scene. Here they are, all four of them, and they're all four at the mics. And Lou Adler is, you know, at the the big board where he's mixing everything as they're going along. But I had never, I had never yet heard anybody record. So, I and I hadn't at that point seen them live. You know, I love their records, but I it wasn't until Monterey Pop that I saw them live. And so here they are, and I'm hearing them record one set of of background noises, and then they go, okay, now we're going to lay this other one over it, and you're going to do, and and so. Where any other time I heard that record, I'd hear him going dip, 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 dip in the background, mm. and I, and then I find out no, they're they're changing it up, and I'm just going, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and of course, they're just, you know, they're just doing what they always do. They're at the mics, and they go, let's do that take again, and let's take a wow. dinner break, and they're just as calm as can be. And I'm just going, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You must have had to pinch yourself t- from time to time, you know, because it was, it, it was, it started as a hobby, writing for this fanzine. And then, you know, you're at these amazing things. Could you believe what was happening to you? Or was it years later, you look back and went, wow, what, what the amazing things I saw? No, I, I, you know, I've had, an, I've had someone else ask me that question. Uh, in fact, one of the, one of the leaders who read my book and then she wrote and said, did you, did you get it while it was happening? Mm. And it's like, I, I both, I, I, I somehow was able to be kind of calm, cool and collected around these people 
even though inside my gut I'm going, oh, my God, this is so cool, and I can't wait to tell so-and-so. <laughs> and I, you know, I couldn't wait to write it down for yeah. the readers. It, it's like it's like I did realize that it was very very special. Yeah, and so and I and I, I think that ultimately came through in my writing, and um, and I'm happy about that. It's like I wanted to share my experiences well, because they were every one of them was like wow. I tell you what, what I found to me. I found interesting in the book. We mentioned that you know you're a young young lady and you started there at eighteen and by yes. twenty one you're editing this magazine that is, is is huge. It's a huge phenomenon. Um, <laughs> I, I, but they're, 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 towards the end, you kind of um, talk about the sexism that was there when you found out that there was there was a guy working on a smaller magazine getting double your salary. The, the, your first husband, yep. the kind of resentment he had um, that you were earning so much money. And then when you meet someone that you work with years later, and they te- and we won't say what it is, Star Effer, okay. they te- they, they, she tells you the nickname they had for you in the office, that you were a Star Effer. Completely untrue, but the, the, mm-hmm. there, there was this... This sexism that was still kind of running underneath that you were unaware of for most of it. it absolutely. And um, it's interesting because after I left, uh, they, they were actually, you know, there was an investigation by the Labor Department. Right. And I, and I, and I have no idea if anything changed, but um, it, it's kind of a dichotomy because... While my bosses were uh, rather sexist, they were never they were never inappropriate with me, which was awesome. Mm. And um, and so that that's a good thing. And it's it's not like they were they were they weren't really overt about it because that's the way it had always been. Yes. I mean, it was it was truly the cusp of when we started to start you know, the the conversation mm. about should women be paid equally for the work that they do as a man, and it's still going on today. Yeah, yeah. you know, fifty years later, and women still don't make as much as men do. But that was that was the, it was just coming out as gee, wouldn't it be nice if, if we got paid the same? And and it was it was such a new thing. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I can't really criticize them because they were doing what had always been yeah. done. Yeah. Um, um, and the thing is, you, so, weren't, you weren't a, a, you know, a star effort. Um, you, there, there's a delightful, yeah. just a little throwaway story about Roger Daltrey asking you upstairs. Uh, You turned him down. I did. Uh, You know, we all have regrets in our (laughs) lives. (laughs) Um, I I tell you why. I tell you why I enjoyed it because I'm aware of Tiger Bit, and of course I read it. Um, And and, and a lot of it was well. Paul Revere's favourite colour is blue, and he likes girls with blonde hair. Um, And I was I was kind of worried that maybe the book was going to be a little bit light and frothy. Oh my God! You, I mean, you are so honest and open in in that. I mean, and again, I won't spoil the story because I know my listeners listeners would like to buy the book but the honesty with Thank which you. you talk about your relationship with Morris Gibb from the Bee Gees yes. um is yes. is 
did you hesitate about being so honest? You know, I, I didn't because it, it, I mean, it was such, it was kind of a life-changing experience. He broke, he broke your heart, didn't he? You were in love with him and he was in love with you and he broke he your heart. He did. He did. And, and the thing was, though, it, it was a learning experience. And it, um, the thing is, though, I only found out some of the details that I write about in the book, like three years ago. Wow, really? And I write about what was going on behind the scenes that kind of made him behave the way he did. Yeah. I only found out about that a few years ago from my, my very good friend. I, I didn't realize it at the time. So basically, I spent 45 years going... How did that happen? Why did that happen that way? And and could make no sense of it. And um, the thing was, though, when I, when I was finally getting ready to write the book, because people had been saying for years, oh, you should write a book. Mm. But I thought, well, who, who would want to read that? You know, it wasn't until the Internet was, was live and, and I, you know, I found out googling myself you know or the girls at work actually you know googled me and went yeah you've got like 64 pages on google and i'm going what you know i'm going that's not possible and um but uh concerning morris it was like well if i'm gonna write a book you know gosh are are my memories sufficient you know did did we really go and do this? Did he really say this to me? Did he Did he really, you know, pick me up in the Rolls Royce limousine, you know? Or, or have I just, you know, in my own mind, I was mm. going, surely I have I have embellished mm. this and, and made it something it wasn't over the years. But at the same time I was starting the book, my mom uh, moved into an assisted living place, and so she had to send a lot of, you know, old family photos, things like that. She had to really clean up her place. So I get these two boxes of old family photos. And lo and behold, she has saved all the letters that I wrote to, to my mom and my dad from when I was on tour with Paul Revere and the Raiders. And then I wrote them four or five letters on my three-week trip to London. Wow. And those letters, which I reproduced parts of them in in the book, yeah. because it's like those letters said, "No, you remember correctly." Yeah, you know, he did tell you that that he cared about you, and he did take you here and there, and and it was like, it was just such a validation that I hadn't just you know conjured all this up in my mind, but there it was down in down in print to my to my parents at the time that's so. incredible that's treasure there's the, can, uh, uh, it, it takes up quite a big bit of the book and it is incredibly you know it's, it's terribly sad but can i just get you to recount one thing there's a bit when you're out in a club in london with morris yes. and lulu yes. comes and sits down and everyone's being friendly and everyone's getting on with each other and then morris says excuse me ladies i'm just going to the toilet and then lulu leans yes. over and said something to you what did she say she said, when you're gone, I'll be the one dating Morris. Wow. And, and I was like, what? I mean, you know, I mean, 1968 is not like 
1988 or, you know, 2018. It's like I had never encountered a mean girl in school Mm. or or anybody that would would be confrontational like that. Mm. And it was like I was just sitting there, you know, just I, I couldn't even stammer out a response because I was just so shocked. And, um, of course, I didn't share it with Morris. I don't know if things would have been mm-hmm. one bit different, you know, had, it, had I mentioned something to him, because he really was a nice guy and never had a mean word to say about anybody. And so, I, you know, I, I, I wish I could have a do-over just to see if it would change things, mm-hmm. but... I don't want any do-overs because I like the way my life ended up <laughs> and in I'm, the long run. <laughs> I'm going to let you go in a second, but I, 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 I obsess about the monkey. I mean, I'm properly obsess, and I allow myself now <laughs> one monkey's question per guest that's connected with them. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. You, I'm, I'm going to get geeky. You were on the set of the movie Head. What the hell yeah. was that like? Uh, well, you know, it was bits and pieces while they were filming it. And, I mean, everything they were doing didn't make any sense. And lo and behold, neither did the movie. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Oh, it's a delicious psychedelic you know, And mess. I know there are mon- monkey fans out there that, you know, they, they love, you know, parts of it. And, uh, but, you know, by that time, I had been hanging out with the monkeys for, like, um, at least a couple of years. Mm. And so, and so I was very comfortable with them. So it was just at, at that point in time, it was like, Oh, hi, what do you, you know, what's wow. new today? Yeah. And, and, and it was just, um, you know, it was still fun to go out and see them. I, you know, I, I, I truly wish their show could have gone on longer. Mm. You know, I, I never, I was never aware of all the, you know, disruptions that were going on and differences of opinion. And, you know, I want to do this song and you have to do that song. You know, I wasn't privy to that at the time. And I, I think it's kind of just as well, because every time I was around them, I was just, you know, enjoying myself you know, getting a, another glimpse in, into what they're like as people that I could then share with the readers. And and I just, they they were so great on their TV show, and I enjoyed their music, mm-hmm. and, and that it all had to fall apart. I, I just thought it was a little premature. Yeah. I wish they could have kept, you know, egos out and, and just been the monkeys. You know, at least another, give us another year, you know? And, well, the thing is, isn't it funny how all these bands from the 60s are still going? The Monkeys are still going in some form. The Beach Boys, oh. I know Mark Lindsay's out. You know, they're, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And listen, I could talk to you or not. I'm going to let you go. It's such a thrill. The book is called Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. Uh, it's by Anne Moses. I'm going to tweet the link as well. Um, it's such a good book, awesome. Anne, and I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to you tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Well, it's been my pleasure, and let's do it again. Oh, mate, listen. And, I'm not... and you can... Go on. We, you can ask a second monkey question. <laughs> I'm, we're getting you back on, Anne, because I know we've barely touched the surface of those stories. Thank you so much. Take care. They're my pleasure.
Take care to yourself. Bye-bye. What a lovely lady. Isn't that absolutely brilliant? Um, Anne Moses, Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. It's such a good read. It is such a good read. I was, I mean, it really, she goes to town on all of it. I'll tweet the link. Um, we've got 30 minutes of my last show in the United Kingdom for over a week. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Joins me in the studio. You relax, John. We'll take calls straight to the last 25 minutes. Um, 0344-499-1000. Wasn't Anne, isn't she delightful? What a lovely lady. She was, and it wasn't just turned on for you either. She was really nice to me on the phone. Yeah. She called me sweetie and said she had a great time. And um, she definitely wants to come on the show oh, we'll again. Get we'll, mm-hmm. get, we'll get her back. We'll get her back. I mean, as I was saying to you off air, you were saying something. Even if her only story was... I was at the Elvis 68 comebacks. Even though that was the only story she had, she told it beautifully. And honestly, a couple of times of guests, there was the one guest I'm thinking of particular. I won't say it, but we kind of in the interview did pretty much all the stories in uh-huh. the book. We ain't, we, we've hardly done any of the stories in Anne's book. You know, it, 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 we, we hardly touch the surface of what goes on in that book. It's really interesting. Brilliant. Really interesting as well, that, that woman's perspective on being in yeah. a man's world and having people talk about you like well, here's that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She was a kid, wasn't she? This is the thing in the book. Her husband, her first husband was really resentful that she was earning a load of money. I mean, she was earning a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted he wanted to work in a store, I think, in like a sporting goods store or something. And he was really jealous. And he kind of said to her, maybe you should quit. And she, her boss moved to an office and gave her his new desk, gave her his old desk. So she had this big oak desk. And in one of the drawers was a list of who was getting paid what. Oh! <gasps> And she saw her on there, and she saw this guy who was editing a, a new magazine that had just started, so it didn't have a circulation, and he was on twice as much as her. Wow! And 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 she and she's right. That you know, I'm not justifying it. That was the culture, and it would have seemed odd for for a woman to say, "Well, I want the same as a man." In nineteen six, probably nineteen seventy two, seventy three. Mm-hmm. But you know, credit. She went and presented it to her boss. Said, "What's this?" and she said, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. And he offered to double her salary, but she, she already made her mind up. So she, but she was getting pressure anyway. She was getting pressure. And she said that she, she got, got, she panicked and she was worried that it would be perceived as weakness if she decided to stay. So she, she quit and, and, you know, went off and, and, and got divorced eventually and married again and blah, 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 Um, but it, it, it's, and yeah, years later, like literally, you know, a few years ago. Oh, oh yeah, of course. We, you know, those guys, they all used to call you the star effort. And <gasps> it broke her heart because she wasn't. And this is the thing in the book. She was really chased, you know, apart from Maurice Gibb. She was, and I think maybe one other. And she interviewed all of the pop stars. And she's a, she was a beautiful young woman. You well, know. that's the thing, isn't it? They beautiful had to justify it to themselves. And all of, you know, all of those pop stars would have hit on her. Yeah. You know, all of them would have hit on her. And and she didn't. You know, she she turned them all down. So to have that reputation and to find out 40 years, 50 years later, that's what the men in the office, and probably some of the women as well, that's what they were saying about you when you left the office. God, that's incredible. That's so nasty. It's incredible. And she writes about it with such humility. And um, The other thing is, she's so nice. I mean, you could understand yeah, yeah. her being bitter about just that element yeah. of things, but she's yeah. not at all, is she? So, honestly, it's, it's a brilliant book. I've, I've tweeted the link. I, uh, Anne Moses, I thoroughly recommend it. It's, it, you know, it was... 
it was a real, how is it going to be, light and frothy? And it, It's not at all. It's, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got a phone call. Let's go to line one. Line one, you're on the wireless. Hello, Ian. Hello, line one. Hello. You blocked me on Twitter and I don't know why. Um, but who? I was listening to the rabbit hole yeah. and another guy said you blocked him and he didn't know why. Well, someone said to me, someone tweeted me today, um... Why did you ignore me? Why did you ignore my tweet? And I wanted to reply, is it because it, you were really needy? And, I, and I'd looked and, and I'd, I'd posted a picture of a, um, a, a, a motorbike shop, scooter shop, and I said, why is this shop famous? And some people went, oh, is it Quadrophenia? And some people went, is it um, the first place to sell Piaggio's? And someone said, is it the, the, the shop from Paddington Green? And it mm. was. And some of them I liked, some of them I retweeted, some of them didn't but do you, anything. But it was answered in a tweet like two minutes yeah. later anyway, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so, um, I, and this guy had tweeted, and I looked, and he tweeted me, and I hadn't retweeted it or liked it. So what? Uh, who, what's your Twitter name? Leo Day, L-E-E-O-D-E-A. O D E A, L E E O D E A, L E E O. Uh, o is in the letter O. Yeah, O. As you know, for Oscar. Okay, let's have a little look. Uh, I think I was um, responding to one of your tweets once, and I said something in a flippant tone, and then I realised that I said something wrong a few minutes later, and I thought I'll go back and look for that to see what. Well, I said. He, well, here we it. go. What did you say in a flippant tone? I can't remember. Yes, you can. I have a damaged memory. You can remember. I can't. I have a damaged memory. Well, that that's not an excuse for being... You were probably rude, weren't you? No, I was never... I've never been rude to you, Ian. I like you and I probably... Well, hang you, on. Well, you say you said something in a flippant way. I think I said something in, in a flippant tone. And then afterwards I thought, hold on, that might have sounded wrong. So I'll go back and look for it, but I couldn't find it. So I thought, oh, maybe I didn't send it. But it turned out a few days later that you'd blocked me. OK. Well, I mean, OK, I'll unblock you. Oh, thank you. But... If I get... This is the thing, right? It's my prerogative. If I, blo- if, if I block people if they send me stuff that I don't like. So you must have sent me something I didn't like. No, I made a comment. I didn't well, send you it, anything. Well, hang on a minute. I made no. a response yeah, to an online that's, thread. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You sent me a comment that I obviously didn't like. But I meant it wrongly. I well, it doesn't matter. The intention doesn't always... That's how I meant to sound. doesn't matter. The intention is doesn't always come across on Twitter. No. I, you, I, I, I read something I didn't like, so I blocked the person that sent me it. Which is unfortunate, because I really, I really not, like following it. It's not, it's not unfortunate for me, it's unfortunate for you. No, it's unfortunate for me. Yeah, it's my prerogative to block people who... Because those messages go on my phone, which is in my pocket. So if, if I get a message in my pocket that I don't like, that I perceive to be rude, I'm not going to, you know, investigate and work out what the meaning was and, go, well, maybe they meant the... Um, if I don't... If it makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to block that person from sending me messages. Yeah, and that's yeah, all right. That, but I'm not rude. I'm, I just make sarcastic comments at times. Well... There you and go. I don't mean it hardly. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't... I don't know... I don't, I neither know nor care what your intention is. I only know how it makes me feel. And if it makes me feel bad, then uh, um, it's my uh, right to uh, block that person. I think that's what happened. Yeah, okay. I'm going to unblock you. And if you send me something... Oh, thank you. Okay. But if you send me something that that makes me uncomfortable, I'll block you again. Okay. You know, it's it's not not threatening. I'm just saying that's, you know, it's my prerogative. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. It's weird, isn't it, Twitter? 
People are nuts. Let's go to a break. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I think you've blocked me from texting as you never reply. What a bummer. <laughs> Does that mean... Well, let's um, uh, not del- delve into uh, that. So, New York is set. We are flying out at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going through all the people we've arranged to meet. And we actually we've, we haven't got time to meet all of the people that we've arranged to meet. So. No, we're kind of hoping that some of them um, flake on us. <laughs> it's a really busy week. We haven't left any time. There's uh, no fun. We haven't uh, got factored any fun. I'm not going to complain. You don't complain about the um, air conditioning on a private Learjet. No, it's, it's true. This is a luxury problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's going to be. Um, uh, it, it is going to be absolutely brilliant. Of course, it is. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, so Monday, ten o'clock, we'll be coming to you live from a uh, a pizza restaurant where you order the food by the pound. <laughs> You order it by the pound. Yeah, and they'll be weighing me as I leave, and I will be even heavier. So here's your homework. You have homework, guys, and I've mentioned this to you before, but, 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 we are speaking to definitely two podcasts, possibly three. The two we are definitely speaking to are Maeve Higgins, who um, presents Maeve in America, M-A-E-V in America, is brilliant. She's fantastic. She's got the most beautiful Irish accent yes. you've ever heard yes she's been living in the states and it's all and it sounds really worthy but it isn't it's very human and very yep. charming um it's all about the experience of moving to america from somewhere else and how people have made their lives there and some you know there was a chinese woman who's become like the pillar yeah. of society in san francisco and, yeah. and the changes she's seen over her like 30 40 years of living there and then we're going to go and see her and john ronson doing a show that's on wednesday night yeah how did they find each other well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, because we'll that ask. is a double chance. It'll be nice because we're speaking to John probably on the Friday, uh-huh. so we can kind of bookend the um, the week with them. Um, but we, the thing is, we have to get from New Jersey to Brooklyn, which takes about an hour and a half, and we have to get there in 45 minutes. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do that. Uh. That's fine. That's fine. We'll work out the logistics um, there. Um, so you need to listen to her podcast. You also need to listen to... Keith and the Girl, which is completely different. Yes, sassy New York is what Keith and the Girl is. It's sweary, um, it's um, funny. Very, very funny. I mean, she's funny, but in a kind of gentle way, isn't she? Yeah. Maeve. But Keith and the Girl are like properly... It's very rude. I loved it. I liked it a lot, a lot. And and I'm going on there as a guest, so I'm going to go on their podcast. I'm glad it's just you. (laughs) Well, I I'm terrified. Well, I don't know what they're expecting because mm-hmm. they're I, I, I'm 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 terrified of them. Yeah, because they're sassy New Yorkers. So I'm going to go on their show, and and I, I think they release it that day. You'll be able to see it online. Actually, they stream it. So we'll tweet. Follow me on Twitter because and Kath on Twitter because we, at, at Ian Lee and at Flipping Kath because we'll be tweeting all this stuff. So we, I'm going to be on their show on the Tuesday. You'll be able to watch it online. It will be about seven o'clock in the evening for you guys. I think. Um, and then it go out as a podcast either that day or the next day. Then we're recording them 
for my show, and then we're doing our show from their studio. It's mm-hmm. very completely confusing. So Keith and the Girl, Maven in America, and also those are the two we're definitely doing, and hopefully we're going to be speaking to the Bowery Boys, who do like a sort of New York historical uh, kind of thing. Again, it's not anywhere near as dry as I'm making it sound. They're, they're really interesting. They know, they know everything about New York City. Um, so, yeah, that's next week. 0344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Call straight to F for the last... Eight minutes of the show. I mean, really. Oh, tired. Very tired. Um, the boys are taking me out for lunch tomorrow uh, for my breakfast uh, mm-hmm. for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I've got cake. I, I have to prepare an audition piece for my eldest because next week she's going to go for her first school play audition. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the play? Uh, something about cowboys oh, and a cowgirl. And guess which part she wants? A cowboy. No, she wants to be the cowgirl, oh. and she and it's a singing part, which is amazing. You know how shy she is. She wants yeah, to put herself up for that, yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. But she's brilliant at accents, right? And I've said to her, the secret to auditioning for that part is to sing it like a cowgirl. So she needs to practice her, uh, like Texas voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm going to try and we're trying to find a song tomorrow that she can sing to them, but she can show that she can do the voice. That's the plan. She's eight. Maybe we're reaching too high. Oh, Oklahoma! She's got to remember it. She's a kid. I thought if she sings one of her favourite songs in the voice that she already knows. What song does she like? Well, she she says, I know loads of songs. I said, well, think of one that you know all the words to and that you feel confident singing anyway, and then we'll um, practice the voice tomorrow. Oh, good for her. When is that, when is that audition? She said it might even be Monday. Well, she's bad re- mum's not going to be there. No, I know. That's but terrible. She, but you know what I find really heartwarming about it? Because she is shy, but she's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, the voices she can do, she can do an Irish accent, she can do Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. My, my eldest can do um, really good ac- really good accents. They just listen and copy. Yeah. But it's whether she's got the bottle to do it in front of other people, and I'm praying to God she can, because she's a great little actress. Here's something, right? I've got the boys in the car. They don't get my job. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Good. I don't really. And the youngest said, Daddy, why is it your job to make people laugh when you don't make anyone laugh? When what? He said, why is it your job to make people You don't make anyone laugh. I said, I make you laugh all the time. He said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I don't make you laugh all the time. He said, no, you don't. I said, my head's made of poo. Boom! laughing. I was in. I said, there you go. First lesson, know your audience. Yeah, so got it. Yeah, I made you laugh. That's my job. So, kiss it. (laughs) Um, Oh, well, I hope she does well. She'll do brilliantly. She will, but I just wish I was there to um, train her a little bit more. You you wish you were there to do it for her? (laughs) I wouldn't have dared do it at her age. I don't Mm. think I would have dared. I only started daring doing stuff like that when I got to about... 40. 14, I would suggest. Up to that point, I was really, you know, I didn't want to stick out. I was trying to get get unnoticed in a new school and where I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, Because you stank. Smelly. No, because I wore a bloody red jumper Smelly. and everyone else was wearing grey and Idiot. I spoke northern. <laughs> Idiot. Well, this is why we bully you here, is because of your red jumpers and your silly voice. No, I love a red jumper. I don't give a monkey. No, I love a red jumper. I don't give a monkeys. I, don't, no, I, I don't. don't give a monkeys. I am mad for it in the sunshine. Well, I think that's what I mean, what happened was. I just learned defiance. I thought this. I can't shift this. I'm gonna just have to. Live I'm with just it. gonna have to embrace it. <laughs> I am embracing it. Yeah. Um, I can't do accents. I'm, I'll say it now. Um, oh uh, no, no, you can. Oh. Is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> 
But you can do Roger Moore, and that's the important thing. I'm Roger Moore. Well, you're better than him now. Oh, Too soon, oh, I know, Cass, come on. No, mate, that is inappropriate. The man that invented Magnums... He'd get it. What? I mean, he would understand it. What is wrong with you? You've, 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 you've made a joke about a man, James Bond, who invented Magnums. That's a true story, by the way. Roger Moore invented Magnums. And then you made a sexual comment about him. make a sexual you said comment. he'd get it. We all know what he'd get it means. Whoa! Hey, I'll tell you what, I've got a lovely present today. I asked for it. Um, did you get it? Yeah, I did. I got the... Mon- it's only 40 quid, guys. Go out and buy it. It's beautiful. I got the, the box set of Monty Python CDs of the albums. Oh. And I was expecting, usually, you know, bog-standard little box set and you pull out and you've got the album. Flimsy, b- yeah. flimsy cardboard. Oh, it's... Okay. It's, it's absolutely stunning. It's, it's, it's the A-Big. It's about 10 inches by 10 inches. It's the A-Big. And it's this book, and you open it, and, and the CDs are all in there. Oh. And then you open it, and then there, there are the movie ones. And then there's this beautiful book illustrated by Terry Gilliam. Oh, it's stunning. Oh, I'm going to enjoy going through that. The albums are great. The albums are filthy. They are f- absolutely... F- John, the John Denver song, You Came On My Pillow. <laughs> I mean, it's just... My dad had a Monty Python album he'd never let me listen to. Very I think it was the Holy Grail. Oh, the, f- the film soundtrack ones aren't as good. I mean, the, the, my favourite Monty Python album, it's, it's the 80s, so it shouldn't be, is the Contractual Obligation album. And it's got, um, I like Chinese. I like Chinese. They come from a long way overseas. Yet they're cute and they're cuddly and they're ready to please. <laughs> terrible but it's lovely it's got that on there um um i like it's another one. i like chinese thought no i like i like chinese um oh what's the thing about the i like chinese food the waiters never are rude <laughs> um then there's another way. Oh, I can't remember the lines, but it's very, very funny and probably incredibly racist. I like that. It's also got um, the song I Like Traffic Lights on there. It's also got um, Finland, Finland, Finland. I mean, it's just, it's a brilliant album. The Contractual Obligation album is so funny. And and no one knows it because none of the stuff is in the films or in the TVs. It's all recorded, especially yeah. for that. It's a joy. Absolute joy. I remember having that. I think I got that for Christmas when I was 15, that album, and it's just the funniest thing. When is the youngest you can show them Monty Python? Because, I mean, I think mm. they would love it, but Time they're too little. Time Bandits. Yeah, yeah, Time yeah, Bandits yeah. is you're in. The... 14, 15. For Monty Python? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very... Even the TV... The TV series has got some... Here's the thing. I'm going to write down the name of a character that's in the TV series, right? And sometimes, well, they wouldn't show it on TV now. Dad! <laughs> You're kidding me! That's the name of a... It's a woman played, I think, by John Cleese. And then she explodes. Oh, Mrs. Just exploded! Good grief. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, that... that, that I mean, incredible. Um, so, it, I, I, I'm, so I, I hope they haven't cut that out of the DVDs because, you know, it was... Um, of its time. It was very much of its time. Um, so you've got to be careful with Python. And mm. also, this, the, you know, it's a, it's a bit hit and miss, you know. The, but, but the hits are well worth it, you know, well worth it. Um, 
I, I mean, ho- I only... Holy Grail is a belter. Holy Grail is 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 my favourite. But it has I some only... explicit references. I only found um, Life of Brian funny when I watched it about two years ago. I used to hate it as a oh, kid. Really? I didn't really get it. I but, liked it. Uh, uh, two years ago, I watched it and thought, "Oh, this is actually genius." I remember showing my Spanish friend it, and she's you know grown up in the Catholic Church, and she was quite sh- quite shocked. Wow. Obviously, it didn't translate. Uh, it's, I mean, it's full of beautiful sketches. That one where they've got he's he's doing the graffiti in in Latin. And yeah, the guy says, no, Romanus. No. Um, I remember watching Life of Brian, uh, the, the Meaning of Life, which isn't very good, mm. with my mum, and we we uh, we blushed at every sperm is sacred. But then the sex education lesson where John Cleese gets his wife in and strips <laughs> off. How do we get a wet? Um, stimulate the clitoris, sir. What's wrong with a kiss? What's wrong with a kiss, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe it's better than I remember. It's just too long. <laughs> What's wrong with a kiss? <laughs> anyway, on that rather rude bombshell, John, thank you. It's always lovely seeing you behind the glass. Um, we will be in New York next week. Make sure you follow at Flippin' Kath at Ian Lee, because we're going to be doing loads of bits and pieces on there. Until then, ta-ta. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A radio star is born. You're going to love Talk Radio.